Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. I love Lucy. <laughs> How many episodes I love Lucy? You can sit there for fucking two years and, and not watch I Love. He has a kid. They go to Panama. They meet Superman. He puts the <laughs> How many fucking I Love Lucy? Real quick, not to throw you off. How I only take three shroom texts because one time I took like five dog and I couldn't control myself. Really? Like I could, when I started doing the shroom tech, I would go to the epileptic when I could only do seven. The epileptic. I could only do seven. <laughs> I could only do seven to nine minutes. Yeah. And I would start getting stressed out. Now with the shroom tech, I could do forty-five, and that's because I get scared. I get off. I hit the bag before I get on the epileptic now. Yeah. For thirty, so that's how much. You know, I've been working on it for fucking five months. Right. But the shroom tech, I take. You're supposed to take them towards body weight, correct? Yes. You know, like, and I don't even know how to do the math on that. <laughs> so I just take three of them just to be safe. Right. But they're fucking, I'm telling you, man, I like them. Yeah, I take five. That's the biggest thing. You take five. I take wow. five I of those like for a workout. That's crazy. It's just a lot of B12, a lot of B12 and a lot of cordyceps mushroom. And, you know, it's nothing bad for you. I've never had a bad experience from taking five. I wouldn't advise people to take five. <laughs> I would say cut it off at two. I take but three. I, I get take gangster three. with them. I found all these football players were getting gangster with it. They take like five alpha brains and six shroom techs. Jesus. And I was like, F- these guys are gigantic. So I'm like, I'll try five. Let's see what five is like. <laughs> but doesn't that follow your, that same rule that guy told you, like, don't take too much of, you know, like boner pills or something like yeah, that? Yeah, well, it's, it's it's really, I would say yes. But it's really, it's all natural. It's not. It's nothing like radicals happening to your body. It's not a stimulant. It's not like, I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't take more than five. <laughs> you know what's going to happen because of this? You're going to be watching CNN.com and you're going to hear about some psychopath wandering into D.C. with a shotgun and then pictures of Alpha Brain are going to start flashing <laughs> up. He had 700 bottles in the backseat of his car. <laughs> he would please. He would be enlightened. He wouldn't be going with a gun. He would be going with hugs. Be try to hug him and they shoot him. That would get yeah. That gets you killed faster. Share about the, the woman. She was suffering from postpartum, and she uh, was driving around. She was on you know some sort of medication. Yeah. Driving around the White House and she got a, a, a gunfight with the with the popo. They they wound up killing her. She had a baby in her car. I mean, it's so crazy. Every time I see so stuff crazy. like that, I think, man, I wish you could do that in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> it's like you can't you can't drive kids around. If you notice that, there's no kids in Grand Theft Auto. <sighs> not a single kid. Why would you want to drive little fake kids around? But Why you... not? I want to. I want it to be realistic. Drop them off at school. Drive them off cliffs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You can kill dogs in it though. Yeah, that's... that's where we draw the line. You can't have fake killing of babies because if you encourage that in any way shape or form and then it somehow becomes a reality like someone decides to make sport of killing babies because it's a part of a video game it's gonna be a real problem how fucking it's- crazy is that this is happening now every three weeks people it's pretty crazy this is this is not even a joke no more like it's happening every three weeks and you know what it's gonna happen around here at a fucking park at a stupid basketball game at a fucking taco place there's a lot of issues. A lot of issues. A lot of fucking issues. And I'm sitting there going, you know, is this a setup? Is somebody hanging out outside a fucking psychiatrist's office? And when they see some fucking guy come out, they give him a gun and $20 and say, what? I mean, what the fuck is going on? No, I don't think that. I don't, think, I, think, I, don't th- I don't know what to think. I think anymore. it's natural. That's what I think. Really? I think when, when you, when you have this many people. Kids, it was this natural to go into this is, No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's natural when you got this many people that are on, first of all, on drugs. You have a, a massive amount of people in this country that are on all sorts of drugs. 
whether they need them or not. The reality is the amount of people that are on prescription medication is very high. Then you're going to have natural amounts of mental illness. When you have a high population, you have higher amounts of mental illness. They've shown this in rat population density studies, apparently. I was listening to this uh, podcast about it. Um, I think it was Psychedelic Salon. McKenna was talking. I I forget. It might have been uh, Art Bell. Either way. Um, They were talking about rat population density studies. That They did the same thing with, with rats where they started them small. Put like a hundred rats in a in a in a room together, or you know, ten rats or whatever, and they just kept ramping it up until they were on top of each other. And when they were on top of each other, they started exhibiting the same sort of mental illnesses that you see in people. Well, like they stand in the corner and would just shake and rock back and forth. They couldn't handle it. You, they, you started to see all sorts of weird aberrant behavior, and they think it's from the overstimulation because when you get to a population density like that, it's very difficult for the human body to tolerate. It's very difficult for the human body to 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 deal with the sheer numbers of people that you interact with on a daily basis it's almost completely unnatural for us and so the idea is that in these scenarios most of us can keep it together but there's going to be a certain amount that have mental illness and coupled with a certain amount of extra stress that our highly populated cities are providing with a certain amount of extra craziness because they're on prescription medication, and then just the stress of life, period, all of that together, being unemployed, financial stuff, boom, powder keg. But isn't this stuff happening mostly in the United States and other overpopulated countries? You don't hear about this, it's these good massacres point. happening. You do about some, the one in Finland where the guy murdered those kids. That's right. There was the guy in Finland. But was it that seems Finland like, or Iceland? What, that was a, Finland? I, Finland? I think it was Finland. Ooh, yeah, Joe, the big one was in San Diego when the kid went into McDonald's. Yeah. Remember the kids? That was the big one. That's it. That was you heard about. You went home and there was a special eyewitness yeah. news report. They were in San Diego and the guy had a shotgun and yeah. That that was you know. Now it seems like you expect it. It's a daily occurrence now. Well, and some are worse than others. It's also there's a lot of people out there that feel disenfranchised and there's a lot of people out there that they don't they don't feel like they can make a a dent in this world unless they do something really bad. There's there's people out there that feel like. To, to get noticed and to get people to recognize them, they can do that if they do something really bad. I think it's a, I think it's a love famine. I think people are starving for love. People in the United States are, don't express love in a normal way. It's a really weird thing. Like, if you ever, right. like, you know, like that, like you might be around friends or even just talking to your brother or something and you have this impulse where you want to say, I love you, man. I love you. But you don't, you don't do it. There's a thing that, triggers in you where you 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 feel oh, i'm not gonna say that i'm gonna right. sound weak right and right. i i think that's what it is i think people are just so turned around backwards uh as to the flow the the flow of nature the flow of life that uh they're sort of malfunctioning because of that yeah there could be that for sure there's also this weird transitionary period the human race is going into as we get more and more information on a daily basis from the internet it's more and more obvious that the world we live in is fucked. It's like the system's terrible. We know that we can operate as, as individuals and we can be really friendly with each other. You know, we can. The people in this room can. We can party. We can live together. We could, if it was just us on the planet and we were the only people that we interacted with, we'd have a great time. So why is it that when you get massive amounts of people, all of a sudden there's all this death and there's all this fucking fighting and there's all this chaos and there's all this... You know, lawsuits and bullshit and what? what is it? You know, what it is about numbers. Sounds like the fucking Kardashians, you know, 
Here's the other thing. It's it's a per, two people can have a, a life now. Like you and Duncan could own a business. Do you know that? And not even talk to each other. Yes. You yeah. can live in your home, and Duncan can live in your home. Uh-huh. You don't have to talk to each other. I'm very insecure. Why do you think I don't like texting? I'm Why? Insecure. I want to hear you. Oh, you want to know? Like I hear the hear person's you. voice. I want to hear you. I right. don't want no text me. And you don't want even no. voicemail messages either because no. you want to communicate. <laughs> I'm old school because I don't want to ever lose that. Yeah. This, I don't That's know how to say I don't know point. how to say the word. We're disenfranchising ourselves from ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that some people can handle it and some people can't. I can't handle it. You know, I was fucking 30 when I was 20. So I'm an old soul. I like it. I like the contact. To me, I need to hear your voice. Want to hear one of the all-time best douchebag actor stories? Yes. I'm at a restaurant once, and this douchebag actor is there, and he's by himself eating, and he's, I think he's crazy. And um, he starts talking to a couple that's near them. Like, they're sitting by themselves on a date, and, you know, he's kind of fairly famous. So he starts talking to them. Like, how long have you two been together? You know, and they're, they're, they're you know, <laughs> they don't know what to do, but they kind of recognize them, so it's kind of weird. So they kind of are stuck in this thing where they have to talk to the guy. And then I'm watching this play out, and he's he's talking to him. He tells the woman that she's an old soul. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he told her she was an old soul. You seem like an old soul. You really uh. seem like an old soul. You guys really, there's, I sense something with you two. Like, this is an amazing relationship, isn't it? It was so <laughs> fucking strange. <laughs> And I was like, get me out of this town. Get me out of here, you people, with your fucking emotional support dogs. <laughs> I told you about that shit. No, I said a, a restaurant. Guy bigger than me got on a plane with a French poodle. I was cracked right there. <laughs> bigger than me. 400, 480, 500 with a fucking French poodle. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, that's hilarious. Just don't let you fucking know. Just don't even get me started on that fucking issue. LA has, uh, people have figured out that there's a workaround to this Americans with Disabilities Act. Yes. And you can say that your dog provides you with emotional support. And you can be like a regular person. And you can go into a restaurant with a fucking Labrador. See, this is a thing. This is a, this, I, this is a thing I got to confess. When I was with Natasha, we would we realized this trick that you can put a red vest on the dog with a little cross on it. You can order them on the internet, and legally, people can't ask you what your disability is. So it's like because when you know when you see somebody with a Chihuahua, it might cross your mind to think, how's this thing going to help them if they start having a seizure? Like, what's what right. is it? What's it really going to do? Is it's going to let you know he's dead? Park, park, yeah, park, park, park. So like we we started saying that we were doing that, and then man, got a couple, got some emails from people who are disabled, and they're like, you have to understand. I have to have this dog. Like, it's trained to, to either guide me. It's trained to, like, help me if I have a seizure. And every time you assholes put one of those fake vests on a fucking dog so that you can go and eat in a nice restaurant with it, you're making it that more, much more difficult for me to do it because people are getting increasingly suspicious and increasingly suspicious where they, they used to not be at all. So just leave your fucking dog at home if you want to go eat pasta. Don't, don't gum up the gear. Don't get in the way of people who are actually fucking sick yeah because there are you cunts i was one of those cunts (laughs) (laughs) in in columbus ohio christina pazitsky and tom segura brought their dog using the same thing see that shit is so ridiculous people with dogs think that just because they love their dogs that dirty stinky 
open ass animal it is not can just be allowed. Yes, it is. They're not rubbing my, their little asses on chairs, and those that ass on the chair could have worms in it, and the microscopic worms could get in my hand, and I could get worms. <laughs> That's real. It's a dog, man. It's a fucking dog. It's creepy enough that people drop silverware on the floor and pick it up and still use it. Yes. Like you're going to wipe off with a napkin all the fucking shit eggs that are stuck to the bottom of your shoe. My dog's shit eggs are clean. Dude, <laughs> I love dogs. You know I do. I've always had dogs. But bringing dogs to a restaurant is a massive douchebag move. What How about, about on a fucking plane? A, it's just as bad. How about on a plane when you have to sit next to somebody with a fucking dog? Listen, I love animals too, but I don't expect somebody else to like them. I'm old school. You want to listen to music, put your fucking earphones on, and I'll put mine on. Yeah. You don't have to hear each other's shit. You might like something different. So I'm the same way. I feel like if I was to walk into somebody's space with a dog they didn't even know, I'd be fucking feeling weird. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, that's just how I was built up. Like, I'm taking, I'm wasting your fucking time. And there's people who think they could do that shit on fire. And I know it guides you from emotional support, but those, so does a pop brownie. You eat a little, little half of a pop brownie, you go to a restaurant, you're okay. You can leave the fucking dog in the car <laughs> with the air on and, you know. Some people can't leave the dog anywhere. They, they want they're that dog, the dog with them all the I time. I love my cats. I worry about earthquakes. Most people who ate. But you, you gotta. If people ate pop brownies like you eat pop brownies and went into restaurants, they would need emotional support. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking about, I've had conversations people, with people that do not smoke marijuana. They're not potheads. They eat brownies, and they've given up. They eat little pieces of brownies. They'll buy like a 100-milligram brownie on Monday at Divine Wellness, and it lasts them four days, and they drive to Warner Brothers, and they communicate with people, and they threw away their fucking pills. Wow. Okay? This, I, I know. What uh, pills were they on? You know, the shit that they give you when you go to the doctor and tell them that you hear voices, whatever the fuck they give you. Whatever they give you, Joe Adderall, uh... You know, I think they give you Adderall. So I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. No, hey, I know. It's not my world. I know what you're saying, though. But I've, you know, so that that that's how I meant it. I didn't mean. I think it's real in a funny way. It's uh, real tricky to decide what medication is right for anybody. You know, I think it's real tricky to try to figure out how another person's mind works, and that seems to be the issue that they have when they're prescribing those medications in the first place. Like when our friend was on them, I think one of the things that came up was that they had to constantly change his dose Absolutely. and give him different stuff. And they they were like, "Try this. Tell me how you feel on this." Like it's that simple. Like they give you stuff to try, and you're like, "Well, I guess I feel good." Okay, was that you think that's a good dose? And you're like, "Well, I feel pretty good. You know, everything seems pretty good today." Yeah. Like, okay, all right, we're going to keep you at that dose. And when they start doing shit like that, it's like, it's very, it becomes very subjective. Like, what work, why does this one work really good on you and that one work really good on him? I was on Zoloft when I was in college. Why were you on it? I got depressed. Wow. What was uh, getting you depressed? That's, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not really sure that I, like, completely figured it out, but um, I don't know. How long were you on it for? I was on it for... Probably six months, and I couldn't come. Like I, it made it so that I couldn't come anymore. Like I could, I could get it, I could get it, get it up, but I couldn't ejaculate. Sounds I couldn't, awesome. couldn't have any orgasms. That's Brian's favorite new drug. <laughs> I know. What, what is this called? Zola. Zola. All right. It's yeah. also really bad for your brain, though, dude. Especially if you're not supposed to be on. Well, it was. You know what it did? What it, what it did was it. It did produce this uh, feeling that I now associate with when I'm being really healthy, like when I'm meditating a lot or exercising regular eating right or I, when i get all my ducks in a row 
this nice, clear tranquility will generally come over things so that I'm not, my mind isn't reactive when any weird, shitty thing happens. It's right. like you just are sort of at this nice, tranquil level. It kind of, kind of reproduced that at the cost of not being able to have orgasms. And then um, I just stopped taking it and went out in the woods because I was working in the summer camp, went out in the woods for... shot load like a donkey with a cattle prod <laughs> up his ass. First time coming after how long? God, I don't know, man. It was a, it was a while. I mean, I could, but I'm, it's not like I couldn't come. It's just like it took forever. Like, if you've ever taken a narcotic and tried to jerk off, it's like <laughs> that. It's like it just doesn't happen. It's like that. So, But you can do it if you really apply yourself and work really hard and, like... <laughs> You can like squeeze some jizz out so of the thing. After it's over, does it feel like you accomplished something? Yeah, f- yeah, it feels like you put your cock in a pencil sharpener. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've been jerking Jesus. off for an hour straight. I've at twice at two points in my life, I've jerked off to the point where I had a blister on my dick. Oh, Jesus. an actual yeah. like a blister? <laughs> yeah, like no, a like blister? A, no, like a, like a red spot where uh, I like yeah, wore I through the those. skin. I had one of those. Fuck, twice. To dry jacking. Uh, <laughs> on two separate occasions in my life, I did that. That's how stupid I am. I had one time. Beat off to my dick. Hijacking. Hey, when you're young, especially when you're young and single, especially if you're trying to stay single, like you're trying to be focused in your career. It was when I was very young. When yeah. you're trying to be focused in your career, the last thing you want to do is be thinking about sex. And just for me, my solution was just beat off on the reg. That's and then it was, and then it becomes an addiction, really. That should be in the Constitution, <laughs> where before politicians make big decisions, they have to masturbate. <laughs> I bet this. I bet this shutdown wouldn't happen. Yeah. If, like Boehner and Obama had to jerk off before they decided to do whatever they're going to do. There would definitely be less tense. Is it still shut down? <laughs> still shut down. Yeah. I got about. I don't understand. Fucking it. hate emails the other day when I went out the other night to work out on the way home. It was twenty to ten. And I saw the weed store open. I go, let me go in there. And on the way home, it dawned on me that it's 20 to 10. And the weed store is still open. But no, I, the way I worded it was the government shut down. Uh, and the weed store is still open. And the open. weed store is <laughs> still open and will be for the next two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I got hate mail. Fuck you, you fat fuck. Why is that bad? Why would you get because, hate mail from uh, that? Because people were like, you don't understand what's going on with the government. This is bad. This is all because of Obama. Guys, it's hmm. a fucking tweet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What's yeah. wrong with you? This is why it shut down. Don't I'm fucking momos like you. Yeah, don't yeah. get mad at Joey Diaz for stating the obvious. Can you believe that? Because every time there's a stupid article or something on Twitter and on the media, we get fucking Twitter from people across the country like haters. Hey, man, they're going to shut the fucking stores down. What are you going to do then? No more. And all of a sudden, these fucking stores are still rocking and rolling. Denver is yes. rocking and rolling. I was in Portland last week, and those motherfuckers don't know what it is not to smoke. <laughs> you know, those fucking savages up there, they walk around with pot trees and shit and knapsacks. And yeah. I mean, that's it. They have no idea. So all of a sudden, the government shut down because they got no Gitas. But these fucking states got so much Gitas and taxes. I think California is broke, but at least they're generating. Let's look up the fucking numbers, people. What, what's Denver generating? What's Denver? Did you uh, see that sixty-minute show? Well, what the, they're saying is, yeah. that it's gonna, be, it literally is gonna turn the economy around. Around, this is yeah. it completely. Like, clink, 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 clink. And these dummies 
These, by the way, who are the same dummies who are anti-drugs. Yes. It's almost like secretly they want drugs to be legal, and the only way they can go about it is to have the government completely collapse right. so that they can't regulate them anymore, and then the drugs will take over, and the drugs will let them understand yeah. how they fucked up the entire country with their cunty egos. Yeah. And That's then they great. Can, then they can apologize. It's, all, it's almost like the only thing that can save them at this point is pot. Out of all the ones that are dangerous, out of all the ones that you want an instant change in the economy, uh, of course it's not going to be under corporate control. You've got to realize that. You ready for that? Because it's going to be under control by anybody who wants to grow pot. That's the problem. If you make it legal, how, how legal is it going to be? Is it going to be legal to grow like a tomato? Like I have tomatoes in my yard. Is it going to be okay if I grow pot in my yard? Because if that's the case, it's pretty easy to do, man. Good luck. We're off to the races. The whole co- economy is going to change. Wasn't there a time when weed was totally legal? Totally anyway? legal. And no one even thought about Before it. Before the 1930s. It, no one even, it wasn't yeah. even a thing. Like if you, It was just something else you smoked. It was so common and so normal and so used as a textile and a commodity like, it was so important to the making of clothes and for all, all sorts of different things that they had before they came out with um, the decorticator. When they came out with the decorticator, it led them to, to be able to process this shit really fucking easy. And all the, the difficulty that they had with processing in the past was gone. One machine completely figured out how to take this hemp and turn it into instantly turn it into what you could use for paper, building materials. Henry Ford made his first fucking car. He had the fenders made out of hemp. It's, a, it's an amazing <laughs> plant. Like, it's one of the most durable fucking plants that's ever existed, yeah. and it's lightweight. It's really weird. It's not like any other plant. So the idea of making that illegal was so ridiculous that they had to make the name marijuana. What they did was... Harry, Harry Anslinger and William Randolph Hearst, and Hearst controlled all these newspapers, but he also controlled all this paper. He controlled all these, like, he made, he had forests, and these forests would chop down this wood and, and use it to make paper. He was going to have to convert all that to hemp. Like, popular science was saying hemp, the new billion-dollar mm. crop. Like, they, they got it in because of the, the actual, the applications for, like, clothing and nylon and fuel. That's how they got it in. They got it in as a commodity. They, they essentially banned an incredible natural commodity, one of the greatest ones ever, so that they could have nylon for, like, ropes and shit like that, so that Hearst didn't have to transfer his, uh, his mills over to hemp paper. Like, there's a bunch of weird economic reasons. It just stuck so good. In the 1930s, it still stuck. Yeah. Like, we're running around with the fucking internet with cold syrup and alcohol and fucking antidepressants and everything else. And to this day, one of the best plants that's ever existed on this planet for people is illegal. Illegal. I mean, if there's no, you don't need any more proof than that, that we're fucking retarded. Like, you want to talk about a backwards-ass civilization. They've got the best plant ever illegal. Mm. Nothing else can fuck with it. There's nothing else you can eat, make houses with, make clothes with, and that motherfucker's illegal. It's going to be interesting seeing that population growth for the places that are legal now yeah. and seeing if, the, if there's a growth in, like, music and arts. Like, if it's become, like, Portland becomes the new Seattle in, like, just two years. or if, like right. some Well, it's like, illegal in yeah. Portland. Or, uh, it is illegal? Yeah, it's illegal in Portland. Weed, Portland didn't stores pass. Or, or no, well, have... you, can have, uh, you can have medical. They, they didn't make it legal statewide. They only made it legal statewide. First was Colorado. Second was uh, shortly after was Washington State. And those are the only two right now that it's actually legal in the state. But we knew that Denver had passed a city law way back in the day where they said weed was legal. 
They said they were not going to arrest you. Don't smoke it in public. The cops, like, they openly stated they weren't going to do this. We, right. used to, we used to talk about that on stage back when we were doing the comedy works in the early 2000s. Yeah, it's very strange. It's a really strange, uh, strange phenomenon. I Those... think it, and if you look at it not just from the economic perspective of why people economically might want to ban it, but also from the uh, consciousness level, because of the state that induces is one of deep introspection. And if you consider uh, capitalism and the effects of it, like what you just said, and you really explore, like, shit, do I want to be. Uh, do I want to be? Do I want to subscribe to the system that has actually thrown people in jail for growing a thing that used to be like one of the number one substances used? That's the kind of thoughts that come to your mind when you're high, along with a lot of other stuff. Like, man, I think I'm a fucking asshole. Did I really just say that to whoever I said that to? Like, I yeah. think I'm a fucking asshole. And the more you start like thinking about stuff like that, that that produces the paranoid trip everyone's so afraid of. But if you take that deeper then what you realize is happening is the plant is healing your consciousness and it's identifying aspects of yourself that need to be worked on. That's what the effect is. And also, if you get super stoned and just get into a messy room, you'll start organizing the fucking room generally. You'll start cleaning and scrubbing because you're externalizing what it's doing to you on the inside, which is organizing all these disparate aspects of your personality and forcing you to at least acknowledge it, if not work on it. And does that kind of balancing agent work with a society based on denial and a society based on ignoring the fact that the whole thing functions by evaporating human beings and stealing their land. Do you really want a a, a drug that produces that level of understanding in the bloodstream of the population? Well, you do. Just you don't if you're the one at the helm of the fucking meat machine. If you're the one who's pushing the blades across the land and slashing everything in front of it, then you don't. But if you're everybody else, of course you do. Of course you do. Right. We're we're all better off high. It's never. <laughs> yeah. I've never really known what it is to sit on a couch. You know, I don't play games. No. I don't play video games. Video games. I've never. I don't even know. Play a little pool. Joey Diaz <laughs> play can play some, some pool. pool. I grew up in a fucking bar. Joey My Diaz can shoot straight. No but way. Joey the, Diaz shoots straight. Here's the weirdest thing of them all: that weed always kicked my ass. Like it always fucking beat the fuck out of me. Like when I smoked it in the morning, like eight in the morning, it would pattern my day for me. Like first off, you're not gonna sit here. Right. You gotta get the fuck out of the house. Right. Okay. So it made me go out and get like a. I always loved listening to music. So I used to get those anytime. Since 1980, I've always had something around my ears, whether it was the big disc. I never had the big ghetto blaster, but I had the disc. I had the disc. And then it got shorter to the cassette. Yeah. And then it became an iPod. I don't even know the evolution. I even had the power booster that I bought on 40. You know, in New York, the electronic. Oh, yeah. You know, you could buy anything. I used to buy Sony. used to make an amp that you plugged into the Walkman and you plugged your speakers into the fucking amp. Wow. That's how much of a savage I was. I wanted it loud. Because <laughs> when you're going to New York City, there wasn't those earbuds then. It was speakers, you know? Yeah. But I wanted it loud. And People used you, to go around with ghetto blasters. Remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Fucking ears at the whole neighborhood. They would that have the, their crazy. own music. Yeah. A hip hop. A hip to the hip. They would like walk down the street like holding on a giant radio. Yeah. Boomboxes. Like what? That, is, that has got to be one of the <laughs> weirdest <crazy>. creations. <laughs> a huge loud stereo that you carry with you and dudes would bring them yeah. everywhere. Do you remember that? But let me explain something to you. Think of the dudes who did it. It was the same dudes today who have a pit bull. Mm, <laughs> you're right. The people who had that were people who 
fucking look kind of scary. Like what? They walk in yeah. with the don't look me because I'm close. They'll walk into the fucking house with it blasted. Well, in some that. ways, it makes life a little bit simpler because you're walking around with a soundtrack. You know, I had one. I had a small one. I remember <laughs> this. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they used to carry. Yes. That's insane. <laughs> look at that thing, man. That looks like something we would plug into to make the, this show. Yeah. That looks like the podcast equipment. Just, He's got like sliding scales on that thing. Look at that. You're turning on Huey Lewis in the news full blast. It's up to peace, man. I don't, <laughs> da, 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 da. I don't think that guy listened to Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> no, he's probably listening and if to you, some... If you had one of these, nobody ever took it from you. Cool G rap like, and DJ Polo. You get mugged in their fucking stereo. Like, dog, there's a help. Please help us find it. I'm sure someone must have, Joey. <laughs> this was, People that. steal everything. Did you see this? This is me yeah, this high is... school Duncan Trussell. Yeah, I saw that. Did you see that? Unfucking believable Joey's in the far right. That's insane. That, look at my you were so cute. Check out the sexy Lucky legs. seven. Yep. Can Lucky you get it so just his whole body fills the no, screen? I was 44. I was 44. It was no Lucky seven. Kind yeah, of like seven. that. Look at that. <laughs> wow. That's so crazy. Wow. Look at you, dude. So how old are you in this picture? 14. 14. God damn, Joey. You cute. You're cute as a button. Yeah, look at David Ruiz. Turn look. around and talk into the microphone so That's other uh, people can hear this, too. Right. <laughs> that kid right look, there. Joey, the it's afro. up on this screen, too. That kid with the afro was a very interesting story. This guy right here? Because we were, we were a horrible basketball team at McKinley. Can you go full screen, Brian? And he so moved in to our up. neighborhood. Does it do that? He could, he could jump. He was five foot eight, but this kid could fucking jump like Julius Irving. So he was Dominican. His name was Louis Hernandez. I'm from Jersey. They just planned it. They just cut it short and called him Louis the nigga. They said, fuck it. We don't care if he's Dominican. We're not going to even think about that. We're just going to. This is David Ruiz. He's they, talk, they, they called him that to his face, too. Like Louis the nigga. And, when we were in the and did, he, did he get pissed? Fuck you, bitch. Yeah, he was a tough kid. He get mad at you when you Sometimes, call him? Sometimes. Like, I think he bit slapped two or three people. But the best thing he did was we used to do acid. When we first started smoking weed in the eighth grade, we'd go behind the soccer field in North Bergen, and he let us blow smoke into his afro and see the smoke come out of the air. <laughs> <laughs> How cool was he? I remember that. I remember I you told telling you, me that. This was the crew. So I knew all these motherfuckers. Scroll oh. down to the, all right, this kid here is No, up, up. That kid there was David Black. We graduated together, and I knew him after the fact. And one night he came into Joe and He's like, look, you got a car. You got to give me a ride. If you give me a ride, I'll give you a ride. All right, we gave him a ride. He gets out of the car in West New York. About three minutes later, he comes running back, bleeding, with his hair pulled. I go, what happened? He goes, I went and robbed my sister. I mean, he was serious. He had coke rocks for everybody, a wow. chunk of his fucking hair. She caught him on the way out as he was pulling out of the window. And she just took, he was bleeding his and everything. His sister, he robbed his, his sister, sister through the window. Oh, my God. Hysterical. Oh, my this, God. This is when cocaine was savages. king. This is 83, dog, at 3 in the morning. You asked me for a ride. I got to do what I got to do. You know? Think of how crazy that statement this is. This is fucking crazy. Joey, I wish you could do your own stand by me. Like, <laughs> my God. <laughs> so my fucking God. This is. Joey, when, who, who is this? Why is this head so small? When I got this picture, <laughs> I nearly. Which one? The Filipino <laughs> kid? No, the. This guy on the left. That kid's like a multi gazillion and now his family owns a tow truck company in northern New Jersey, New York City. If so you get towed, his family is the one that owns it. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God. I believe you. This is fucking crazy shit here. I believe you. It's fucking crazy, man. So nineteen seventy eight. Somebody sent me this yesterday while I was eating dinner. 
and I almost had a fucking heart attack. A friend that's of mine goes, incredible. Look what I found looking through yearbooks. And that's when I was an innocent. No, I was smoking dope then. I was no innocent then. I was smoking dope. I was finger banging people. You can still be innocent and finger banging. It was bang. just me and my mom at the house. Yeah, yeah, I was okay. I was okay. I wasn't crazy then. I smoked my first reefer when I was 15. I, I, I ganked it from my dad. And uh, I had no idea how strong it was. And we rolled a joint. And me and my friend Josh and this girl that I was dating... We smoked this shit, and we smoked way too much for 15-year-olds, whatever we were. And we wound up waking up in various parts of the house, like, blink, like, blink. I've n- it's never happened to me before, but, like, blink, all of a sudden I'd be on the couch. Blink, all of a sudden I'd be in front of the refrigerator. Like, blink, all the time in between the blinks, missing. Wow. Just sh- arriving places. Like waking up in a bedroom. No short-term memory. N- not just no short-term memory. It's like my tape gets cut. Like the, the, the events between those two did not exist. I get so high I had zero memory. So I, I would, what I would think it was, was I got so high that I would say, you know what, I need to just get into the kitchen and maybe get something to eat and maybe it'll calm this down. So my brain spools up that it's got to figure out to remember to get to the kitchen to eat because I'm that high. And then in between, during the walking, I forget everything. So then, boom, all of a sudden I wake up and I'm in front of the refrigerator going, what the fuck? And she was doing it too, my girlfriend at the time. And my friend was doing it. My friend Josh was doing it too. We were all fucking, it it scared me off of weed for a long time. Scared me off of weed for a long time. I didn't smoke weed again for several years after that. The first time you get (laughs) high, you really don't get that zonked. It's the second or third time. And then you, like, you're outside, you really start to understand that you end up in a bowling alley buying a chocolate milk. You know, you're sitting there. <laughs> that's why I went and ate. We had french fries and, and chocolate milk. Have you ever had that happen where you felt like you yeah, woke up first, in places? The first, the first, I remember the first two or three years, I just smoked, you know, like, Duncan, what are you doing Friday night? Nothing. My mom's leaving. Perfect. I'm going to call Joe. Wanna come over with some weed? I don't know, bro. My brother found that last time. He's gonna rat me out. All right, fuck it. We'll smoke in your yard, and we'll go and listen to Pink Floyd. The war. I mean, that's not even though the war wasn't even out yet. We listened to the Beatles, Sergeant Pepper. Like that's it. Like we get together and roll a joint. In those days, I used to have a glass. You went to East West, this head shop, and there was a tube, and it, had, it was like a flute with this open, but it had a hole, and you put the joint in there, and you put your finger at the end. Joe, light it. And you'd light the joint, and I'd suck it in, and I'd hold it back. And then it was like, that's it. That was your carburetor. When you smoked one of those, you got zonked. That was it. And then we'd sit around, and we'd all have money. You know, like, what do you want to do? How much you got a dollar, a quarter? What do you got, three dollars? I got four. Let's go to Nick's. And you walk to the pizza place, remember? And you know, you just talk <laughs> stupidity. And you, 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 you look at each other. Do I look high? No, you think Nick will say I'm high? No, he's on. No, I'm high. Come on, do I look high? No, no. But Visine, it was a fucking, it was tremendous. Then you had to get in the house and walk past your mother. Yes. And that was the night your mother decided to make cookies. So now you had to look and talk to her. Whatever. That's, that's why you smoke pot, dog. Because it brought something different to your life at 13. It made you feel fucking alive. How cool was it? Like, I always want to do, right now, forget about anything. I would love to get 60 people and chairs and couches and just fucking come out on stage and give everybody a joint and the table in the middle with joints and just do time to all those joints are gone. 
Well, you like, know, there's a couple places you can do yeah, that in Toronto. That's it. That's it. They're going to start having those in Denver. Yeah, guaranteed. Any day. The only problem and is it's, it. it's against health code to be able to, to be smoking in a public place. We just want to crack jokes, dog, and bring it back to when you were 14 and you all sat around and listened to is it something I said? Yeah. Or that one album with, uh, with the white, uh, you know, we had great albums and I was growing up a bicentennial nigger. Mm-hmm. All those albums were brilliant. And you'd sit around with six of your buddies and you listen to George Carlin or Red Fox. Come on, yeah. you know, you I can't used to replace, sit around. That's, that's what taught us, that's what hooked us, that was it. <laughs> Just that feeling of, listen to this, what this motherfucker's saying. Listen to his language. We don't know anybody who talks like that. Yeah. Even George Carlin, he was so fucking hip. I remember still listening to Lenny Bruce, and like being like eight, and like turning it off, like fucking hiding and going, that's... What was the first uh, stand-up you got exposed to? Richard Pryor, the nigga's crazy. <laughs> Wino meets Dracula, push me over the fucking top, drooling, crying, like, Mommy, I gotta tell you this joke, and then putting it on and going back and telling and you gotta omit the curses. You gotta omit the curses. Wow. And then you learned, I, you know, at all that age, I wasn't into fucking the black dude that everybody's supposed to like. Bill Cosby? No, I was a George Carlin, Richard oh, Pryor. Oh, man. Yeah. For me... Later it, was, it, later it was Bill Cosby. Cosby, for me, was the first. That was my <clears> first. My really? parents had an album, and it was, um, it was Noah having a conversation with God. You, you, you ever hear that? Noah in the Ark? Noah having a conversation with God? Yeah, I vaguely remember it. It's fucking great, man. I mean, it's great. He's a totally different style different than style. any of yeah, us. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I I don't think he's right in when he like he he gets mad at people for using certain language and yeah. you know like there was a Wanda Sykes interviewed him once and uh he like criticized her language like how she, you know, phrased the question to him. I'm like, "Oh, come on, man." But as a as a comedian, like the dude's top notch. He's extremely conservative. Yeah. He's very he's a very conservative. He's very person. conservative. Yeah. Well, you know what he is? He's a, a super successful man that had to be incredibly driven to get to where he was. And he's not tolerating any mediocrity or what he perceives to be mediocrity in any form, whether it's language or behavior or the use of you know, use of swear words or fun guy. Yeah, you, you it's know, unfortunate. I um uh my first experience with stand-up was, I, was, I can't remember, I was very young. My parents had a record player. I put Bill Cosby on and, and would play it. And when you're a kid, you don't have an immune system for comedy because you've never heard it before. So the first time you hear it, it knocks you on your ass because it's so funny. You can't stop laughing. Mm-hmm. You don't have the defense mechanisms. It's a brand new thing. You're hearing a whole new rhythm, a whole new way of storytelling that is always the funniest thing you've ever heard. I can remember laying there and not being able to breathe, just like clutching my stomach <laughs> because it was so funny. And it was like the, the, his joke that I remember from, from this album was the one about getting drunk. Just it was just this whole story about throwing up and getting drunk and getting yeah angry. yeah yeah yeah. Well, he had that great bit about the the son at the the football game that the dad works out with the son does all this thing with the son and then finally you know the cameras turn on him and he's like hi mom yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had one that the one that I got hooked on was the, the, the one Mencia ganked. Yeah. He got but that's the one that really fucked Mencia up. That that one really fucked him up. Which that, one was the it? Cosby one? Because the Co- that's that's sacred ground. I mean, as far as stand-up comedians, in my opinion, there's five, six g- sacred comedians. 
and Cosby's one of the sacred ones. Sure, yeah. No doubt about it. He's a he's a all-time genius. He, you know, there's you can't talk shit about him. But what an odd decision to steal a Bill Bill Cosby joke. He fucked up. He, he I, you know, we've we've said a lot of things about that guy over the years, Mencia. You know, I, I honestly hope he's got his shit together. You know, I, I wish him well. I don't but, have, uh, we don't have to play that dude. The buck bug joke with the blue thing is one really flip comedy for me. He does a bit about playing buck buck and he sits on a stool mm -hmm. and he doesn't move. And anybody who ever played buck buck knows it's a moving game. Right. He sold me in my mind and that's when I learned the other phase of comedy. By that time, I was maybe 16 or 17. But guess who I was into at that point? Who? David Letterman. Letterman? When, when huh? Letterman first came on. That's so weird. When Letterman, fucking tell me about it. When Letterman first hit TV, I was a senior in high school. And the first time I watched Letterman, I was gone. Really? Like that style of Being cool guy. Thick, yeah. Something. And then I watched him from 18 to like 23. You know, whenever I was home at 11, when I wasn't coked up, or in jail, or whatever stupidity <laughs> I was doing, and not in jail. And then I didn't watch him again. But I knew that style, when he would come up and do his monologue in the beginning, I dug him. Like, I fucking just was sold. And I found that he was at the comedy store, and Pry was at the comedy store, and I started putting all the pieces together. Wow. And already I had heard the guy from Mork and Mindy was a joke thief. Like you're, he's a fucking joke thief. Yeah, we heard about that. You follow me, right? So I heard that already. And then, again, way before I was going to be a fucking comic, not even thought, I went to catch that dude. And we've said this already on here. Went to see the dude from Boston that's very witty, Stephen. Stephen Wright? Right. Yeah. He went, I, my friend won tickets to the radio in Boulder at the big thing on South Boulder. We went, and he was brilliant. His material was brilliant. I was blown away. Wow, he didn't fucking curse, really, towards the end. That's a different style. Yeah. You know, and, I'm, and all of a sudden, I went to see him a year later and did the same material. Uh, and I was dis and I said to myself, if I was ever a comic, I wouldn't do the same fucking material. I think he has a real problem with that act. It's, a, it's such a narrow window that he can write material in. You know, what, right. the things he could write about. Everything has to be absurd. Everything has to be, like, a little flip on things, you know. Yeah, I yeah I or I love comics like that, like him and Mitch, like yeah, Hedberg. Me too. Those, they're they're amazing, but I, I think it must feel a little claustrophobic to get stuck in that form. Like hmm. Stephen Wright, I guess he can't just come out and start and doing tell bits a about long things. story because people yeah. will be like, "What the fuck?" Man? What if he did it with like a lot of energy? Yeah, and he was like, and I was like, "Lady, what the fuck are you talking?" And everybody's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Where's that mellow guy?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, so I think that sucks, kind of, to get stuck or to get pigeonholed in that one form. I once worked at a fire hydrant factory. Couldn't yes. park anywhere near the place. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a classic Stephen Wright. That's, that's that style. In a lot of ways, very uh, Hedbergian. Hedberg yeah, style is kind of like oh, that, too. Like, real, yeah. real oh, odd. It's fucking so good. Yeah. I love all that shit. Uh, my favorite Hedberg one is, well, it's one of my favorites. He uh, goes, somebody asked me if I wanted a frozen banana. I said, no, but I want a regular banana later. So, yes. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if somebody wrote that down for you if you're hiring a guy to write jokes? Listen, fella, I'm going to give you 200 an hour. <laughs> write me some snappy material. I really need to kill him at the club tonight. <laughs> and he reads that. 
Asked, guy asked me if I want a frozen banana. What the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Guy asked me if I want a frozen banana. I say no, but I want a regular banana later. So yes? What the fuck are you... What the fuck am I paying you to write? Jesus Christ, you piece of shit. <laughs> but meanwhile, it's brilliant. It comes out of Hedberg's. The one about Doubletree. How did they name that? What do you want to call the place? Two trees? Double tree. Meeting adjourned. <laughs> <laughs> it's, his stuff was, and his stuff never connected. Like what we do is like, we'll have a subject. And it's so much easier the way we do comedy because you have a subject and like, like your subject, like the, the Liberace bit that you're doing now. <laughs> you start on, he'll start on that Liberace movie and he can talk about that fucking movie for 15 minutes. Yeah. It's a whole series of hilarious things that exist inside yeah. of this one subject. But if you're a Mitch Hedberg guy, it's like you're, essentially you're talking about one thing, and then you're talking about Oreo cookies, yeah. and then you're talking about you know heroin, whatever. Yeah. And all the bullets you've got to have in your gun, man. Oh, you've yeah. got to have such a so many jokes for yeah. an hour set. If your yeah. each of your jokes is eight seconds, yeah. And they're all non-connected. Yeah. But meanwhile, Hedberg would just pump it out, man. Yeah. He pumped out a lot of shit. He constantly was writing. That guy was like one of the most prolific guys. You know, like you always heard about him writing a lot of material. Yeah, I heard somebody say they would write with him and they would go meet him to write and really? they would have like one, maybe one shitty half thought out joke written down and he would have like 20 just hilarious <laughs> jokes. He just, he's one of those comics that it just pours out of him. Is that you breathing in the mic? Jesus Christ. I don't know what it is. <laughs> what fucking questions. You see, I'm over here for the guilt. You know I'm listening to my ears. I'm hearing Darth Vader in the background. <laughs> I'm just yeah. to the deal. He had that style down. He figured out his perfect style. And that's a great example of why you can never really teach comedy. You know, I thought about doing, remember we talked about doing this at the store, like doing something in the belly room. Well, I was, I was going to call it like a comics workshop. And the idea was, like, you really can't, like, anyone who's, like, a real legitimate comic could go and, and do it for free. You can't pay for that. You can't charge people for comedy classes. No. It just seems too fucking weird. It just seems too strange. It's, like, that's the entire opposite of the feeling of camaraderie that we're supposed to be giving each other. We're not supposed to be taking money from each other like that. Right. We don't feed off of each other. What we should be doing is promoting the art of stand-up. You know, if yeah. somebody wants to take a course and they're not a comedian and they just want to find out what it's like and sit in, then I could see maybe charging them. But someone who is actually a comedian trying to be a comedian, there's that. So the idea of teaching a class kind of goes against the whole way of, you know, the, the, the whole way of camaraderie that we, we all uh, enjoy. But it's also that you can't teach people how to do comedy. You can only give them advice as to maybe how you would do it, or maybe if they shorten things up or had less words. Well, it's it's a little bit like what you're. It's funny. I'm sorry to cut you off. It, it's no, funny please do. Because I'm rambling. What you're saying reminds me a lot of uh, what people say about like Buddhism or uh, uh, spirituality. Is that they 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 say you, you know you can't read this. This isn't something like you can read all you want, but it's not going to teach you. It's the practice of the thing itself that teaches you. So, like when I went when I went down to hang out with to this Ramdas retreat, and there was this Zen Roshi there. This this woman who's been practicing Zen for like I don't know her whole life basically, and she said that the teacher does not give the student enlightenment, 
but sets the conditions, creates a good condition for realization. So in the same way, I think you could have a comedy class, but the comedy class isn't something where you tell someone, here's how you hold the mic, and here's the way you write a joke, and here's how you get booked at clubs. It's more like, here's an environment that is conducive to coming up with ideas and jokes, some mm -hmm. kind of free-form, chaotic place where people just get together and, and I guess, you know, get to be around people like you or like, you know, Cosby or big comics because somehow just being around a very funny person for a little bit of time can teach you so much. But the actual mechanics of the thing, the technical aspects of it, that's, I think, where comedy classes are well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you this sincerely from my heart that, as you were saying it, and Joe's going to agree with me because we're both on the same page. I would have loved if somebody would have taken my hand in the beginning and walked me through a lot of things. And there's a lot of things that I could take a, a new comic that we, all three of us, all four of us, everybody in the room, could take a new comic and walk him around for a couple of weeks with him, three, four weeks, and explain this. After that, it's like anything else, man. You got to figure it out on your own. I got to, because that's part of the journey. Yep. That's part of your happiness. That's gonna what's going to make you happy later. Well, not only yeah. that, you two guys are a perfect example of it. You two are two of my best friends, and you're also two of my favorite comedians. Thank you. And you're both completely fucking different. And right. I, I, I love watching both of you perform equally. You're both totally different. Totally different, totally different styles, but yet both awesome. You know why? Because you're really you, and you're really you. Right. I mean, it's that simple. You're not playing. We all know the poor people that are stuck putting together like an act and they're kind of pretending to be someone they're not yes. and they're, they, we know those folks and it's a, it's a terrible rut to be in yeah. you know artistically as a person whatever we you guys aren't in that spot so because of that you're allowed to figure out and I don't know if that's ever going to be you you almost have to struggle uniquely and individually to get to 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 become a Duncan Trussell it's almost like if you if you get advice like, they're never going to figure out that this is possible, that, that you could be you. Like, if you met with someone when you were 20 years old, and you're like, Duncan, what would you like to do someday? I would like to smoke pot, play video <laughs> games. I would like to write about my penis. Yeah. I would like to go on stage and make people laugh, and that's really it. They'd be like, well, okay. Kill yourself. That's, that's cute. But yeah. let's think realistically, Duncan. Right. What about your real future? Instead of saying... Oh, so many people have done that before. This could, no, no one is ever going to be able to figure out how to make a Duncan Trussell except Duncan Trussell. Well, I think some people, I think, some, I think comedians, there are tendencies in comedians. There are similarities in comedians, right? Wouldn't you say there's, there's things in comics, not, not material-wise, but there are aspects of comedians that, that are, all seem to be the same. One is they're, they tend to be very anti-authoritarian. So, you know, like when, when you tell them what to do, when you tell them this is what you have to do, they, they inevitably want to reject that, overcome it, mm -hmm. disrupt it, make fun of it. And, and I think that tendency starts you know, when you're really young. And if that tendency is in you, you're going to have a hard fucking time anyway getting a regular job because it's so such an affront. Like I can remember listening I, in, a, in college, there was a career class we had to go to. And I can remember sitting there and listening to the guy talk about having to wear suits and talking about the way you talk to your boss and talking about the way to um, be polite in the workplace. And I, I don't know. I said something. You know what happens when you listen to that guy? 
You wind up at a restaurant with your date, and some asshole actor starts telling your date that she's an old soul, and you just take it. Yes. Without bitch slapping yes. that dude. Yes, exactly. That's because that they, they turn you. You're right. The essence of the thing is just lay on your belly and submit to the master. Just the very same thing that, like, when you see a mother dog, like uh, our dog had puppies, and I remember watching the mother dog play with the puppies, and part of the thing it seemed like she was teaching them was to like show their belly, to like turn turn over on their belly. That's the essence of the fucking thing. It's like uh, obedience, subservience, submission. Well, it's the only way you're ever going to get by in life with a regular job. The only way to get by in life, if you want to move your way up the corporate ladder, you have to follow the rules. You can't tell dirty jokes at work. You can't try to get laid. You can't try to play pranks on people. There's no room for creativity. You're there from 9 to 5. You punch in, you punch out. I think these are. that's not all places, though, man. I just saw... Oh, no, it's certainly not. Like, Google. I saw pictures of, like, somebody working in Google, and they were laying in a box of colored balls <laughs> on their laptop <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> i well, don't think it's i don't think it's all places it's an old school no, yeah. model it's an old school model which is that it's based on feudalism it's based on the king show obedience to the king show obedience to your boss or your teacher I... yeah google's <clears throat> the perfect example of how to do a corporation yeah. you know i mean we joke around about them being skynet but the, rea- the reality of Google is they've managed in a short period of time to keep a lot of fucking employees happy. Yes. They have a huge business. They own everything. They've got maps. They've got fucking music. They've got yeah. their own operating system for phones. They've yeah. developed their own browser. Right. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Has anybody ever kicked ass on the internet the way Google has? It's- yeah. And yet... They're really cool to their employees. If you go there, the employees get fucking foosball tables and shit and really good food. And they can, you know, they have a, a real comfortable working environment. I have a friend who works there. There's a dude that works there who's a, decided at work he wants to be a girl. So he's a guy. He's married. He's got kids. But at work, he puts on women's clothes and they, they change the title, his title at work. To what his girl name is? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, wow. and, and they're like, okay, it's, we, they're, they're so open-minded. They're yes. not like Bob. Is there something going on, man? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, all of a sudden you're wearing a dress. Instead of any of that, there's none of that. Yeah. They're like, okay, well, Helen, <laughs> um, pleasure to meet you, Helen. If I met you before, yeah. I have met you before, okay. but I met you as Bob. Okay, so now, well, pleasure to meet you as Helen. So yeah. let's from, let's take it from here on. We're Helen. Except dinner parties when they go out at night and he brings his wife, then he dresses like a man. Yeah. Like if he has functions or anything, then he's a man and he's married and he has a wife. And they're so open minded, they're like, Okay. As long Are as he does his job, right? Not putting you on at all. Wait, this is your friend or this is a No, 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 no. My friend okay. is uh, my friend That's <laughs> <laughs> your friend, I'm like what, my you, friend did you works through buck? in the same environment as this person. Okay. Well, it's my amazing. Friend That's works all at cool. Google. That's all cool to you slip and fall in the bathroom title of Sue Google. And they're like, Sue, then you wear a dress and fucking work. <laughs> you wanna sue me? You wanna wear a dress, cocksucker? You better get your shit together, pack your pencil. That's what happens when your heels don't fit. <laughs> You imagine what the fuck? You wear a fucking dress to work. Somebody's gonna say something eventually. I mean, well, the shoes alone would be reason to not be a woman. If I was a woman, I would even if I was like a really sexy, like uh, heterosexual woman, I think I would dress like a man. I think I think this is like the most comfortable way to move around. Yeah. You know? Converse all stars, pair of jeans, nice comfortable shirts. Yeah. Why are you wearing those shoes? Well, those crazy shoes you wear and you can't walk in. Yeah, the, I, you know, one thing that is probably certain, but I guess I'll find out in a second, is that those fucking shoes were not invented by a, a woman, right? Like, whoever really? invented high heels wasn't a woman. A, no person was like, you know what, I'm going to put myself in uncomfortable stilts 
that warp my feet. I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself in the most uncomfortable shoe wear. I can't drink. Yeah, probably as a chick. It probably wasn't. It's pro- no. A lot of people like foot bindings. There's a whole history of like. Uh, I meant to say, isn't it, Chuck? Yeah. I meant to say, uh, well, Jimmy Choo is a woman. Did you know that? Who? Jimmy Choo. That's like a big one with the, with the, the gals. They love the Jimmy Choo shoes. Jimmy Choo is actually a woman. A woman created that. Yeah, but if you look at the history of them. All right, like, let's, let's, invent, let's find out. Like, I, this is do why you think there'd be a patent on that? This is why I hate Google. You, As a stoner, any of your stupid uh, <laughs> ideas can instantly be shot down. My okay. friend ate it using, uh, uh, wearing high heels the other day. Just tore her knee wide open because of the <sighs> stupid high heel shoes. Yeah, they're fucking dangerous, man. Yeah. It's like, especially when you're walking around the street and there's cracks in the sidewalk and weird shit and divots. You can't walk in those things, bitch. You can't work in those things. Okay, where does it say invention? Say history. history of high go. heels. History. You've haunted me with those feet shoed, Joe. Those footy toes things? I see them like every day now. They're great. If you wore them, you would wear... Well, you're so funny to talk shit because you're wearing slippers right now. You're wearing slippers like you just stepped out of some Russian bathhouse when they give you give you one of those those massages where they beat you with the the sticks like like Fedor used yeah. to do they banya and they fucking piazza. slap you with that thing. These shoes are comfy. I bet they are comfy, but that's what it looks like. Are you shuffling out in the middle of the winter in some Soviet Union gear, headed to the banya yeah. to get slapped or like men a, massaged an, naked? Or an Alzheimer's patient who's slipped out the back door is lost in a city. Yeah. All right, the first instance uh, of the wear of high heels involved 1533 marriage between Catherine de Merti and the Duke of Orleans. She wore heels made in Florence for her wedding, and as a result, Italian high heels became the norm for the ladies in the Duke's court in France. Unfortunately, this reference may be a cripple, a, a, ooh, apocryphal, apocryphal. As the development of heels did not begin to come about until the late 1580s, based on an iconographic evidence, and so it was somewhere around the 18, the, the 1580s. A lot of between people 1530 say. Between and 1580. I heard it's because uh, everything used to be covered in shit, and a lady <laughs> didn't want to get her feet in shit puddles, and so you would try to use the high heels to like push the feet out of the shit. Doesn't make sense because the toes down, the toes still getting caked in shit. Better the toes than the entire foot. Really? If I have to choose between how much of anything I want covered in shit, I'm gonna pick that the smallest. I'll go with my heels. I'd rather have shit on my heel than yeah. in between my little cute little toes. Little piggies. Why would you want to get your piggies all dirty? <laughs> yeah, well, my, my piggies wallowing around no, the shit. shit. So what would that look like? Reverse high heels? That'd be a really weird. Yeah, I can see walk. if you have like some Gene Simmons style kiss boots. You know. Go, Dr. Love, they call me Dr. Love, with teeth walking through the shit. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the cause of a lot of disease back in the day, was the poor shit. sewer systems and the, 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 the rotting bodies and all sorts of other things they had yeah. to deal with when people died. Just a river of shit, man. Yeah, and people would also, like the, like especially during times of war, like their rivers would get clogged up with bodies. You know, and the bodies would rot. And then if you drank river water with rotting bodies in it, you'd get sick as fuck and this, possibly die. This is why when people say, oh, look, these shootings are happening today. It's like you used to watch dead, blown up bodies roll by your home. You used to, when you walked outside, you would walk up to your ankles and plague diarrhea. 
yeah, it sucks that people are getting shot right now, but it's nothing like what it used to be. It's definitely nothing like what it used to be, but the numbers are so high that it seems like it's never-ending. It's a torrent. Because we're really not supposed to be paying attention to 7 billion people at the same time. That's what I think, yeah. Or are we? Or are we? Or is this going to be how we fix it? Is this going to be where people don't get ignored anymore? Where you really have to take and pay attention to the assets of every single human being? Assets meaning, you know, you as a person, an asset to civilization, yeah. that all of them have to be accounted for. And if they're not, if they, they feel disenfranchised, that's when you're going to have problems. When they feel left out, when they feel a- avoided, you're going to have fucking problems. And people don't get the love that they need yes. from, from the jump. On top of all the real serious mental illnesses that can plague people that just happen. Well, I knew a dude who went crazy. You remember the dude, the Todd? Do you remember the Todd? You don't remember the Todd? Uh, I, yes, I actually met him once. The Todd is responsible for me getting into the store. Wow. Because when I was doing... Yes, yes. yes. yes, yes remember yes, him? Yes. Friends with Paulie? Great guy, man. He was uh, a comic, and he was on uh, MTV back in the day, and he had been in. And I went up, and I did a spot, and Mitzi, she like she gave me non-paid regular status. This means I could go on after the show was over. So I would go there every night, wait till like 1 o'clock in the morning and get on. And, you know, it was all right. It was better than nothing. You know, I was happy to have that. But then I got a second chance to audition for her a couple months after that. And the Todd sat next to her on purpose and just laughed and laughed. And he kept, like, slapping the table and saying that I was funny. Because, like, sometimes Mitzi needs to hear from other people, too. Yes. She's like, he's brilliant. You know, I was like, half the same material I did three months before. Yeah. <laughs> but I was better then, I'm sure. I'd more gotten more comfortable with being at the store. And but I'm sure man, I was nervous the first also, time. Also, I think she also had her ear to the ground. Yeah. And if you were coming in there every night she knew it like she knew it and she knew that was like part of a sign that somebody had potential i think it it was more than just that instantaneous watching thing i think it's a combination of like sort of but the todd actually set me hip that that's been used before and he told me that that's the way i should get my friends in too so that's what i started doing like when mcguire um did it i sat right next to mincy and laughed hard at mcguire you know anybody who ever like was performing for her i would make sure i sat right next to her and laughed man was that not the weirdest fucking thing sitting next to mitzi and then watching the (laughs) comics come up and like literally bow to her like comics would come up old school cult leader guru style bow down touch her like try to touch her and then and she would do the Mitzi Wavoid. Do you remember that? Yeah, the Mitzi that Wavoid. Back, this Get thing him just... out of here. Okay, okay, honey. I'm watching a show. Are you talking about Todd Rundgren? <laughs> Rundgren? No. Who's that? He's, He's a, a musician. He's a... Why are we talking about him? What are you talking about? No, yeah. he was from MTV back in the day. I'm going to tell you what. Oh, no, 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 no. You want me to say about Todd Rundgren? He was married to the chick. He was, that was the Todd. What, what's, what's, the what, Todd. What, what's Tyler's? What's the Steven Tyler? Tyler? His daughter. Oh, Liv Tyler? Liv Tyler, his mother, was living with that dude. Okay. And the mother took her to see Aerosmith. And Liv Tyler turned around and told the mother, that's my father. For years they had raised her thinking it was Todd Rundgren. Whoa. But it was really Steven Tyler, but she wanted her to figure it out. True story, bro. Todd Rundgren's a bad motherfucker. He's got some badass jams. You know, you've know, you heard his jams. What is his songs? I don't we, know. We, could, we, should, we should play some. Yeah. Just look up the yes. names of what's the Todd Rundgren. Fuck you can. <laughs> the fuck you can, dude. If they can prove that you're making money off of it, you absolutely can't. One thing, one thing. I think there's something called fair use. How does it work? Uh, 
I think that if you listen to Duncan, he ain't got no legal experience. No. Yes, he does. This this is, he went on legalzoom.com bullshit. And shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't listen to me. This is but some stoner bullshit coming. Listen. I smell it. Fair use. I no, smell I, hay. I, I just farts. Heard, I heard that if you're making a um, commentary over a thing, it, it's oh. there's some kind of like area where it is okay to like reprint stuff, but it has it's not in really. And I think you can do like there's seconds, like what you can do songs? like ten seconds or something. It's, it's all oh, worked that's out. That's interesting. That's interesting. I wish we could release the Ice House Chronicles with. We were talking about uh, about um, the, what I feel is the greatest guitar solo in the history of music, Freebird. I don't think anything can fuck with Freebird. And we were playing Freebird, and we were just getting into the song about how crazy it was. There's these dirty, stinky, long-haired dudes from Florida who were making this insane music, and all their songs were about getting away from girls. Right. All their songs, like a huge percentage of the songs, like I gotta be free. Um, they call me the breeze. I'm out the door, bitch. You take care. They and call we, me the breeze. <laughs> all their fucking songs are about getting away. <laughs> Give me two <laughs> steps. I mean, everything is like I gotta get the fuck out of this town. This shit got crazy. What's your name? I'll be back next year. You it's know? so funny that we're writing songs <clears throat> about this ancient evolutionary thing encoded in our genetics, which is that you want to put as much DNA into as many people as you can. Yeah. But now, like, people are actually like, probably monkeys would seem sing the same song if they could any kind of primate would like is kind of stuck in that awful predicament of like having a genetic predisposition to spray jizz into as many holes as possible it's just in there and then also the need to like ha start a family and love someone and be monogamous that's one of like the great internal wars that is raging around the world right now is people trying to figure out how to deal with those how to reconcile those yeah two. how do you reconcile that shit yeah, you ha well, it's also, I think, there's a certain amount of conflict that sort of ensures movement, ensures a lot of activity. And when you have two systems that are dueling it out, one trying to dominate the other, one trying to find a way through, yeah. whether it's through certain new words they introduce into the lexicon, whether it's, or the language, whether it's the way they, you know, how they interact with each other. But what they're trying to do is everyone's trying to get a little bit ahead. Men are trying to get a little bit ahead of women. Yeah. Women are trying to get a little bit ahead of men. Women who feel suppressed will try to suppress others. Men who feel suppressed yeah. will try to do the same. And there's this crazy battle going on. And I think it's almost like designed that way. Well, it's a culture of dishonesty. Don't forget you're not allowed to say these things. This but, is but it's also the culture that produces the most stuff creatively. It's very strange. Yeah, I think that's a very positive spin on it, man. But imagine like... And, then, but that, and I should say right now, that's not to discount any of the Europeans, Japanese, Asians, whatever, all the people all over the world that do creative shit. Right. But there's a certain... The, the, there's no real, There's no denying the fact that the United States is responsible for an insane amount of influential pop culture. From the 1950s to the present, yeah. insane amounts. The, of course, the Europeans, of course, the Beatles and, and the Stones, and of course, the Who, of course. There's no denying that there was a million of them from the UK as well. But when you count in stand-up comedy, when you count in music, all yeah. different kinds of music, we, there's a lot of weird shit that came out of the United States. But the, do you think that's, you're saying that that's coming from... 
it's almost sexual like, repression. There might be something to that. The need to conquer. The need to conquer the crazy genetics that led to these people being willing to get in ships and go halfway across the fucking world yeah. in a boat with fucking barrels of food that might be enough for everybody to eat and you might not get scurvy. And you don't even have a fucking video that you can watch of what this place where you're going to try to live in looks like. And you're going over there with your kids. Yeah. Those are savages. Those people were fucking crazy. So you have that. You have the legacy of these people. And that's a part of it. Like this, this, this desire to just move forward. They're willing to take the most risks in order to get to America in the first place. I think the and people coming here, right, of they, that. the people who came over here to, I guess, support your argument, uh, many of the people who came over here were some of the most sexually repressed people on earth because yeah. they were hardcore uh, Christians. This is like the scarlet letter. This is like it, yeah. the, the body was something to be reviled. But this, I don't. I don't know if it's the repression that is made that brings inspiration. That that that's never. I've never been in a. You know what? Maybe it is though, because I can think of like times where you're like super horny or or like lonely, and that that does produce. Think about music, man. Yeah. Where's music coming from? Where's the greatest music coming from? Break it's coming ups. from fucking pain, man. Yeah, yeah. Coming from fucking pain. Yeah, the blues, right. baby. Oh, yeah. man. There's some, right. there's some classic songs. You're my favorite mistake. You ever heard that Sheryl Crow song? Yes. God damn. Tremendous guitar. First of all, God damn that bitch could sing. She had this like soft, warm voice. It's like a hug that you get through your ears. Uh. It's like this loving voice that she has. And she's talking about this relationship that's just falling apart and that you're my favorite mistake. Uh. And you hear the, you hear the emotions and the love through her voice. You yeah. gotta have pain to feel that, man. You gotta have pain to understand it. You gotta have pain to be able to relate to it. You've gotta have experienced that. If you're some fresh-faced pup who's never skid his knee and never had a, a family member die, you don't know what the fuck the possibilities of the world are. You can't appreciate the full spectrum because you don't know how low the lows can get. Your lows are pretty fucking high. So when you do hit a low, it makes you appreciate the days that are high. You know, I was just reading this... Um I'm reading this book called um, Spirit, Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, and it's by this Tibetan monk named Chogyam Trumpa, who um, was just writing about this thing that you're saying, and he was saying disappointment. Disappointment is one of the great states to be in to, uh, for, for uh, growth and for spirituality because disappointment means you're having a contact with truth. It generally means you're having a contact with truth. Something has gone against your expectation, which is how the universe works. And then you find yourself in uh, what he describes as like just the rocky terrain of truth. So now the relationship that you thought might work out, but you knew it wouldn't, it didn't. Or your mom has died. Or you're, you just put your dog to sleep. Now you're experiencing reality. You're experiencing the fact that you are in a maelstrom of atoms that that will inevitably dissipate into nothingness. And that is a really intense fucking place to be in. But he doesn't say stay in a place of disappointment. He says that to move past that place into the next place, which is the incredible peace and joy that comes from recognizing that you're part of this infinite, non-ending, changing, beautiful thing, you've got to recognize the first part, which is you're not going to last 
Nothing's going to last. No one you know is going to survive this thing. Everything that you've ever said will be lost in time. We are all part of an infinite, shifting, changing thing. And what's causing you the problems is your desire to hold on to a form, to hold on to the idea of this is who I am. This is how things are always going to be. This is going to last forever. That conception will always cause you pain. If you have a hangover, no, if you're having a terrible trip and you start thinking, I'm going to be freaking out forever, man. That will only make the trip worse. And if you're with someone you love and you think, I'm going to be with this person forever, you're setting yourself up for some pretty severe disappointment because you won't. And so that disappointment that comes from realizing that, that's the place where you start growing. Hare Krishna. I just, got I just got disappointed. Why are you freaking me out, Duncan <laughs> Trussell? You're fucking, with me, Trussell. <laughs> you're fucking with my head, Duncan Trussell. It won't right. last. I walked in here, the sun was out. I don't think I we all like need a fucking it. Elton John song. There's a there's an old expression that a wise man learns from the mistakes of others, a fool learns from his own. Yes. You know, and I, I think that I don't never I know if we need to have massive fucking chaos for people to understand and appreciate how cool life can be, but it helps. And the people that I know that are the most interesting all had fucked up lives. Yeah. All of us, yeah. we all had fucked up lives. None of, nobody here in this room was on the Brady Bunch. Well, it gets you out there, man. It's like, you know, you always hear about people who, it's, who get cancer. And then all of a sudden, they're skydiving. They're like running from mm -hmm. the bulls. They're doing anything they want. They're the fucking the, guys, right? They're right. telling the truth. They're telling the truth, and that's really... That's really um, I think that's like a, that's a that's a tragic thing in the sense that for people to actually start appreciating their existence, they have to be uh, dying. You know, dying is in within a, a year. We're all dying, but it's like suddenly when you wake up to the fact that you're dying, that's when you actually are born. And a lot of people don't get that. Yeah, there's that wake up call. There's that that reality check. When this is the real game, yes. this is the real shit, man. And you're really affecting people. Well, it's so easy to get complacent. It's so easy to just get lazy. It's so easy to just look at life and not appreciate the fuck out of this crazy ride we're on. Yeah. Especially us. We're, we're, we're on the craziest ride of all, the, the ride of the professional comedian. You know, right. the, We get drugs from the audience. We tell jokes and they give us drugs. Like the drug of laughter, that's a drug. We're all addicted to it. The drug of killing... <laughs> You know, man, I think it's a crazy ride, but I think the whole – if you have been blasted out of a pussy onto this planet, you're having a crazy ride. Uh, everyone. You are – there's no way to not have a crazy ride. And, and, and the, the <laughs> thing – Diaz just yawned and Brian put it on camera. <laughs> Why are you talking to me about rides, Duncan Trussell? I'm going to ride back home to my bed. You keep talking, cocksucker. Oh, fuck you, you two fucking hippies. You just started smoking weed a week yeah. ago. Yeah. He, he would say that for the first like 10 years. Uh, Joe Rogan, you've been smoking weed for a year. You've been smoking weed for two years. Joe Rogan, you've been smoking weed for three years. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Joe Rogan, it's only been 10 years. You don't even know about weed yet. I, Four more years, then you understand the nuance, the subtleties. 30 the, years. The, the fucking S is the patois the of fucking the weed. Patois. 50 years. Rogan, it's been fucking half your life. There's a whole half of your life you did without weed, so shut the fuck up. You did. and all, Yeah, it's amazing what you did do without the weed. Like, now they shut it off for a while. God's, God help. see what really happened. Yeah, God praise Eddie Bravo. Praise Zeus and praise Odin for Eddie Bravo. Because if it wasn't for him, I would have never started smoking weed. Right. I thought it was for losers. That'd be so weird to see the difference in your life. Yeah, I'd probably be like way more aggro. <laughs> it's, um... It's a beneficial substance, man, and that's the real problem that I have with people that want to go on and on about people who are addicted to it. Like, you know, I, I love Dr. Drew. I think he's a good person. I really do. But whenever I hear him talk about people being addicted to weed, I'm like, 
let's get all those people that are addicted to it in a room and find out what the fuck else is going on. Right. I guarantee you, 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 you shouldn't blame weed. It's not a physically addictive thing. I always feel something. I always feel that you have an addictive personality. You know, we've discussed when you were on the Kong, what the, what's the name? Quake. Quake. <laughs> yeah, I remember we were, and you were to drop into something. And I'm like, where's this coming yeah. from, Joe? And you were like, dog, you don't know when I used to leave you guys at the store. I'd go home. and i play till 7 in the morning. And, and, and for people to recognize that, that's where, the, <laughs> that's where the gift comes in. Because somebody would write that off. Like, that's just what he does every fucking night till mm. 7 in the morning. And it's weird how I've always believed, especially for me, it's always been the transfer of addictions. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and at the end of the game, here's the the simplest way to solution. If you're gonna have a fucking night addiction, you might as well let it be the cheapest and the less harmful. And in yeah. my eyes, it's always been the weed. You know, it makes me better at night when I write. It makes me, you know, calms me down in the daytime. You know, whatever I make it believe that it does, it fucking does. Yeah, but it's not a make believe thing. No, man. No, 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 I know you. you know I saying. see what happens when you get high. Well, first of all, I never see you sober. No, you see me sober. Three times. No, you see me I sober. I documented them. I wrote them down. <laughs> Believe Joey Diaz is sober. And then I look at his pocket. He's got empty Chiba Chew wrappers. Went, Chiba hmm, Chew. I might be incorrect. No, sober no. is a relative term. <laughs> it's a, it, But it's really weird. Like, sometimes I go, you know what? Monday, I'm not going to smoke nothing or eat nothing. And by Tuesday, it's not like I'm jonesing. I just find myself with a joint at 5 in the afternoon when I'm writing something or... But I like it. Guys, out of all the addictions, whether it's going to strip clubs, drinking, gambling, I could have been hooked on a thousand fucking things. We ended up with reefer. Okay. I enjoy Even it as a ritual. I enjoy it as a ritual before I write. I enjoy it as a ritual like before we do podcasts. I, I, I like it as a ritual. I like it. It like signifies that we're, we're going to shut off our phones and get into this space. Right. Whether it's a space of doing stand-up or the space of writing or the space of doing a podcast. I like it in that way. But I also like the effects. The effects are undeniable, man, for me. It's that introspective aspect of it that you talked about earlier is so important. Very important. I've been talking about it on stage, the, 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 the term paranoia. You know, the people are like, I don't like weed. It makes me paranoid. I'm like, you really should be paranoid. If you're paying attention, if you really want to just open yourself up to all the possibilities, it's insanity out there. Yeah. The, everywhere you go, you're a bag of blood. A fleshy bag that's holding a couple of gallons of blood. And if any of it spills out, you're fucking doomed. And you're running around in metal boxes. Everybody's flying by going 60-plus yeah. miles an hour. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're running over motorcycles. You see that shit in New York? You see that shit? You see that shit? In front the motorcycles, of the motorcycles. Well, hey, there was some craziness that went on. I don't know who started what or who did what, but I know that that dude ran over I'm a guy I'm going to bet it bike. was the bikers. Could have been. However, how he handled it might have been incorrect also. I don't know. What happened? Well, the, I, guy, the guy um, got, apparently someone slowed down in front of him, and he bumped the bike. And then the guy stopped his bike. And the, 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 the assumption is that the guy did it on purpose, being a dick. Then he was trying to box in this guy in the truck and make him slow down. We also don't know what their interaction was before this video started. We don't know if this had been going on for a while. Like maybe the, the biker panicked and cut someone off. The biker was an Asian driver. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that Asian drivers are terrible, but a lot of Asian drivers are terrible. Are we, are we, are we in agreement on this? Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's a not, gang it's not of that, bikers. It's not that all of them are terrible. 
but it, that is the goddamn stereotype, okay? And I'm not saying that this guy's responsible. I've never That's heard the goddamn that stereotype. Well, no, it's, it's like 99.9%. It's the right, goddamn stereotype. I've never heard that. And it's not, it's not 100% true, of course. Just like it's not 100% true that all Italians beat their wives, okay? But that, and me being Italian, I can say that. But, <laughs> the, but the reality is, is that this guy, we, in the video, drives over, they're, they're yelling at him, and he drives over this bike and drives over a guy, and broke his body. I mean, the guy, he drove over him with a fucking SUV. Yeah. I don't know if that had to have happened. I don't know. I don't know what happened before that. I certainly think it's a terrible tragedy on both ends, that the guy in the car got beat up and that the guy got ran over. It's a terrible tragedy. But besides my, my horrible racist Asian joke, which I apologize for profusely, I was just joking around and making a point, oh, but so I don't know what happened. I really don't know what happened. So, but when I'm looking at him, look, I look at a guy who drove over somebody, and then I looked at another guy who went insane and beat the guy's window in like he, while he has a baby in the car. Yeah. So, to me, it says tragedy on both sides. Sure. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy of over overreacting on both sides, for sure. A yeah. horrible tragedy. Yeah, it sucks. Horrible tragedy that the guy got pulled out of his car and beat up. Horrible tragedy Did that. Did the guy get pulled out of his car and get he beat got up? Pulled out, he got beat yeah, up. He got cut up. Slashed his face. Yeah. Well, there was all this glass that broke, too, because the guy broke the window. He's breaking the window with his helmet. Yeah. He's smashing the window with his helmet. The whole thing's crazy. They and threw the whole a thing spike is... strip out. Did they really? That's what I read. What's a spike strip? Popped, it, popped his tires. Who threw it out? The bikers. They had a spike strip on That's them? what I read. Okay, you are not Googling this. You're not even trying to substantiate this. Google it. Okay, I will pull it up. Okay, bikers threw down spike strip. Okay, here we go. You know, I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, you know, you, your wife, your kid. What the fuck? What the I know. Well, there, there also there was there was um, um, tinted windows, so they might not be able to see that this guy had his wife and his kid in the car. Um, it doesn't say that, Duncan. I read it. <laughs> <laughs> and did it have I'm, license I'm, plates on their things? Uh, biker brawl. They popped his tires. That's why he couldn't keep going. No, um, apparently someone stabbed his tire. That, that was one of the. Oh, uh, maybe that's what I read. One of the. That's not real, Don, Brian. You can't trick me. I know what a video <laughs> game looks like. You fuck. It looks pretty it. goddamn good though. Look how good that looks. Isn't that amazing? Like the textures of the road. It's so beautiful. Oh, show the time lapse. Have you seen that? The time lapse of. Yeah. I'm so fascinated. I'm never going to get into this game. I, well, I cannot do it because it's just too. It's, it looks like it's too good. Have you not? Have you not played it at all? No, I know me, man. I don't fuck around. I know me. I'm crazy. What about this Oculus Rift thing and Quake? Uh, like Quake, I said, I know me, bitch. Quake is supposed to be Oculus Rift friendly. Well, or supposed I feel like friendly. out of all the things, too. I'm yeah. allowing myself, out of all the things that, that get me crazy addicted, I'm allowing myself to just fuck with pool. Because uh, pool is, I think I get something out of it that I don't get out of video games. I get like a, a body calmness because it's all about like meditating on the distance that the ball is going to go and calming yourself down and putting yourself into a very sensitive state where you're playing. I don't get that from video games. Yeah. So when I looked at it objectively, I'm like, like Joey said, you got addictions. You know, you got to pick which is the best one. And for me, the best one is pool. This is a time your own they Come made to your own thing. Yeah. How nice is it to go to a, a I, I mean, I don't even like nice pool halls. If I'm going to go to a pool hall, I want to see it for what it is. But I don't want stupidity. Like hard times. Yeah, I don't want You ever go to hard times with me? You ever been to hard times? No, no, no. Where have we gone? We went to the old Hollywood Billiards, which was awesome. Right. We went to the place in New York City. (sighs) God, I missed that place. 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. In Manhattan. Then we went somewhere else. That was Chelsea. We went to Chelsea Billiards. That was uh, Chelsea Billiards after, yeah, yeah. 
Chelsea Billiards after I think it had already changed names. Chelsea Billiards was the legendary place. Like sometimes you'll see me wear this jacket. It's like a varsity jacket that says yeah, Chelsea yeah. Billiards in the back. You've seen that. That at all time great pool halls for pool hustlers and action. That's the greatest or one of the greatest next to hard times in California. One of the greatest in the history of the world. That place was a 24-hour pool hall where half the people in there, you'd go at 3 o'clock in the morning, half the people in there were vagrants that could rob you. I mean, rob you playing pool. They could get out. Homeless dudes who knew how to fucking get out. They knew how to play safe. They knew how to fuck you up. They would get you on those tables, especially a gap, what they would call a gaff table. There's a table where one pocket rolls to the right, and if you know that pocket rolls to the right, you could put someone in a position where they don't think they can make the ball, but they can't, and you know it. Little shit things, like you can scratch on shots where you don't think you can. If you know a table, especially what they call a gaff table, it's, it's huge. Very important if you're a pool player. The home so they, team advantage. They would just rob people. They would rob people. But there was also like really high-stakes gambling between like high-level pros, too. Really interesting stuff to watch. Both the drunks getting robbed and then you know, by the, the, the hustlers, and then the, the real big sharks come in, and they would you know, match up and put the money on the light. And you know, you're, in, you're in the middle of fucking New York City, dude. It's 4 o'clock in the morning, and dudes are playing for $10,000. And when you're a kid and you're watching that, you know, it's, a, it's some exciting shit. That was a part for me. It was like being a part of this really rare underground society that I knew was not going to last very long. Like, I'm like, this crazy 24-hour pool hall life where people are players and they're gambling, they're bringing their own money, and they're, they're matching up and barking at each other. You ain't got no heart. And they're fucking get, and they're, and they're, that's a crazy underground world. These guys were making a living, paying their bills completely off the grid. No taxes, no, no, no one's, no taxes. Stop, stop, stop. I'm staying at this fucking boarding house down the street. I'm in, a, I'm in a house with 10 other dudes. I got my pool cue. I put it under my blanket when I sleep. I get up in the morning and I go down to Chelsea. And you're like, whoa. These guys were living there. They were getting an education in this gangster life at this 24-hour pool hall. I know several dudes who got arrested while I was playing there. One dude who was a three-card Monty champion. <laughs> he, would, he was a bad motherfucker at three-card Monty. He's a slick Puerto Rican dude. He would go out and he'd just have all these dumb white people from Nebraska that had never been to New York City before. And he would be doing this three-card Monty shit. And this is all before the internet. And they couldn't, you know, no, no, they would, come on, right up here, sir. You look like a winner. You look like you know how to play a game, my friend. Come on over here, dog. How much money you got on you, my friend? My friend, where you from? You got a beautiful suit. That's a beautiful suit. Is that, is that Armani? What is that, bro? Yo, that's beautiful. Hey, listen, man. This is a game called Three Card Armani. We just like to have a little fun here in New York City, especially people come in for the first time. No, they're it's showing it to you. real simple. They're it's showing real it to simple. you. Here it is. Here's the thing. Real right simple. And now they're giving it to you, Duncan. They're giving it to Guess you. Guess it. I'll give they're you a couple free ones. Yeah, Guess yeah. it. Yeah, there yeah, it right is. There. Bam. There you go. You would have just won some money. And also, there's a partner next to him. So how do we do it? You see the partner getting cl closer in. Yeah, I got the black <laughs> thing right here. He got a P. And Duncan, he's showing it to you. And the next thing you know, Duncan, it all goes to hell. Well, there's the cups, and there's also three-card money. There's the cups where you're trying to figure out Well, whatever, the three-card money. All of a sudden, the 20 goes down, and the guy wins. And the next 20 goes down again, and the guy doubles his money. Mm. And that's it. Now he gets the guy from Nebraska to come in and throw 40, and he even wins. And the wife is like, do it again, do it again, because everybody wants to come to New York. And well, you ever seen a guy try to walk away with oh, the one victory? Oh, shit. Yeah. Yo, they, they will attack so you. So what they, they do is really? they mm -hmm. get that table going. This is a table, Duncan. So right there, they'd have two guys sucked in and one of their own. So you'd be working with me. And you're 20, you'd be doubling up. You already won 120. This, but I know I got three people in the audience that I'm hypnotizing, that I'm letting them know they're going to win. They just come to New York. You know what? 
I got $200 in my pocket. If I double it, that's $400. I mean, this is how you're thinking right there. This is a do-or-die situation. And all of a sudden, right there, when they got you, boom, the black, bam, they take up 1200 The Puerto Rican yells, the police, and they take that money. And three tourists are like, what the fuck? And they're gone. Just happened. Hey! And the guy's got a carton, mm-hmm. like a bottom of a carton for cans, and he just throws it up in the air, and that's it. That's their residence. It's a carton. The three cups are gone, and the beans is in their fucking mouth, and they're walking on the street, and there ain't no fucking cops. And they're all gone in different directions, And that's too. it. And now they hook up again an hour later at the same place, mm-hmm. and they do that same scam again. They would do that five times, make six grand. That's how good it was. I got caught in one one day with a buddy of mine. They took me for a 20. The guy was yelling at me. Next thing you know, the guys I was with laid out 20 apiece. Bam, 60 bucks. And next thing you know, boom, the police. They blow a whistle. What's going on here? The cops, everybody runs. <laughs> they got <laughs> your money. tremendous. They got your money. <laughs> Fucking tremendous, man. Cool. You know, when you made that turn on 42nd Street, it was, it was when you were 13 like, or 12, it was something that Ari says that when you walk around today, you walk past people. You know, and all of a sudden, like, they're under their breath, they'll go weed. And, like, five feet, you look around, they look at you, and all of a sudden, they come back up to you. It was completely different. When you cut that corner on 42nd Street, Duncan, you'd hear every drug in the world. Weed, marijuana, THC, joints, loose joints, acid, acido. Because that's acid in Spanish. Acido. acido. <laughs> fucking acido. Uh. Fucking marijuana, heroin, cocaina, perico. Fucking a different goddamn. If I was society. stupid rich, like Bill Gates rich, yeah, I would buy Chelsea Billiards and I would reinstate it. I would bring it back. I'd make it twenty four hours a day. I'd make it the last bastion of the pool house. Is it open? It's like some faux pool hall now, where they have like red cloth and fucking shiny lights, and they play horrible music that makes you want to throw up. If you go to a pool hall and not playing classic rock, turn around, turn around and leave. <laughs> Just if you walk in, if you don't hear some Leonard Skinner, some Aerosmith, if you don't hear Sweet Home Alabama, get out of there. Because they got red cloth and they're, you're playing on buckets and no one's leveled these fucking tables. It's a disaster. It's not real pool. And the only dinner you can get is an old hamburger or a fucking a bag of fries. The place that I used to play at in White Plains, New Jersey, or White Plains, New York, got turned into a disco. It's basically a disco now. It was Executive Billiards. Executive Billiards in White Plains. Right down the street from Nikki's Pizza, the greatest white pizza the, the earth has ever known. If you want to, if you want to get off your gluten free diet, go to fucking White Plains, New York. Go to Nikki's Pizza and get the white pizza. Right. It's got white cheese on it, ricotta cheese with garlic and olive oil, and it will knock your dick right into the cat litter box. It's un unfucking unfucking believably good. That sounds bad. <laughs> it's better than. Better than dick in the dirt. I was struggling for a metaphor. Dick in a cat litter box. That's better than your dick in a pile of cat shit and piss. <laughs> Those crumbs sticking to the tip of your helmet. The uh, the the place was like a great place back in the day in the nineties. That was the spot. Like pool hustlers would come in from all over the world. They would come like they would st- make stops in New York. If they were in the New York area, there was a few places they would play. And one of them was they would always check in an executive. And you know, if you were uh, like my buddy owned the place, so he'd be on the phone. You know, and they'd get a call. 
you know, in the in like the middle of the day, you know, he's here polishing balls and shit, and he get a call that Jake the Snake is in town. You know, this is this dude Jake the Snake who played one pocket, and he'd come down, and you know, and they would call George the Greek. This guy wants to play one pocket with you. This motherfucker's got no heart. And then everybody would meet up at the pool hall at like ten o'clock at night, and you'd see the dude cool. practicing, knocking balls around the table, like, oh shit, it's going down. And then they would put this big stack of money, and there was this Guido gangster dude who was always there who had a gun just in case somebody tried to rob a steak. It was a fucking crazy place to be a part of. Sounds cool. Oh, it was fucking, it was Runyon-esque. It was a movie. I mean, it was, it was like a crazy movie about the depression, except there was no depression. It was just going to diners and watching guys gamble their life away. And me being a, a visitor in the world. I was not really a player. I couldn't play that good. I played okay. Like for a regular person, I played amazing. But for these guys, I would play and I would always lose. And I've never, I won like one or two tournaments ever. Most of the time I would lose. I'd have to get really lucky to win. So I got the chance to see these people who lived entirely off of this one crazy game. That's all they did. All they talked about was the different conditions of the cloth and what kind of chalk are you using and what, what fucking tip are you got? You got a sniper on this motherfucker? When did you get this sniper? Is that better? And they would try, everybody's trying to constantly figure out an edge because they're, they're playing a game where their life, whether they eat or no, whether they go hungry, whether they have money for a hotel room, it's all based on fractions of an inch. Whether a ball rolls slightly to the left too far or bumps the other ball and gets in the perfect position. The, the, the fucking differences between those things are the, the tiniest fraction on the cue ball of where you hit it. And they're obsessed with it, obsessed with the movements and just trying to live off those movements. That gives me an anxiety attack. <laughs> <laughs> it's madness. Ugh. But it's also beautiful. When you watch it done right, it's an art form. That's what people don't understand about the game. When people say, oh, you're fucking boring. You talk about pool. It's just so fucking boring. To me, it's not. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> when you un it's, it's one of those things. When you appreciate it, when you know how difficult it is to do, then it becomes an art form. Like it Starcraft. It becomes like a ballet. Exactly. Exactly. When you talk about Scar Starcraft, I go blank. Because I have no point of reference. I don't understand the game. I've never tried to... I'm terrified of it. I see you... I see you fucking start sweating when you talk about it. I see your face starts sunken I, in like your body's trying to I've conserve quit. water. Because you know you're not going to be... Your body... You say Why'd Starcraft you and your body goes into like the hibernative state where it knows it's not going to get nutrition for the you next really six hours. You really stay up for three days, don't you? What? That stuff. You would stay up for three days. I didn't quit because of the addiction. I quit because they demoted me to Bronze League again. What? <laughs> I'm not dealing with that shit anymore. I'm like number 75 in Bronze League. I'd made it up to the silver. And Listen, then I... man, your ego reveals you, my brother. Why do you give a fuck if you're in Bronze League? Because yeah. it's you being Bronze League, Joe. It's an insult. I wouldn't even be in Bronze I'm League. I'm getting beaten by I'd toddlers. I would be in aluminum. It means I would be in scrap aluminum it means, that I'm it means I'm playing against fourth graders who are crushing me. That's all right. At least you're playing against somebody. No, it's a. It's Why a, are you ageist? It's a young man's sport. You're an ageist, patriarchal Atreist. asshole. Atreist. Your male ageist <laughs> privilege is showing. You, you basically hate women. Put it in your blog. I don't. You care. You basically hate women. Not I'm gonna have to blog. blog about you, Duncan uh, Trussell. You hate women, and you're an ageist. I love women. I hate bronze league. I don't say I love women. You know what I say? <laughs> I love nice women. I don't say I love men either. There's a lot of men that are cunts. 
A lot of men suck. Remember when we were talking about Bigfoot? Somebody actually killed him. They didn't just kill one. No, oh, oh, you mean in the a, game. That's yeah. a spoiler. That's a spoiler. Don't spoil it, dude. That's a spoiler. Hey, don't spoil it. Oh, Duncan like thinks this. it's important not spoil it. I'm, I'm, not, not, I don't, spoil I'm it. not looking at it. Show it to me offline. He's not While, looking instead of, Oh, you son of a bitch. Look. Brian doesn't even care. This is insubordination. If this was any <laughs> other company, if he was not, if he was working for any other company besides the Death Quad affiliated company like the Freak Party. Sit here, right here, he gets him. I don't give a fuck, bro. I don't want to see him shoot Bigfoot. Bigfoot's probably a man. Oh, look. He's oh, so he's sad. So sad. Shoot me, human. Yeah, that is sad. Well, let's put it something happy to balance this out. Okay, Pull up the Godzilla trailer. Oh, dude, they have Oppenheimer quoting the Bhagavad Gita. In it. Ah, it's wonderful. brilliant. Find it. you got to find it. It's on Daily Motion. It's on my Twitter. If you go to my Twitter, it's one of the most recent posts. But it's the trailer for the new Godzilla. And oh, motherfucker, does this look good. I can't wait to see it. I got a three-quarter staff just watching the first ten seconds of the trailer. I didn't even know what I was just out. like, oh, they're doing it right. They're doing it right. It's not out. Apparently, it's a, it's a concept, and they're about they're building it right now. But it's a Warner Brothers, what do you say, a property? Right. Check this shit out, son. Are you giving full attention? Yeah. He knew the world would not be the same. Few people cried. Most people were silent. Look at this shit. We're looking at smashed buildings. You can find it online, folks. You can't stop the internet. You can't take pee out of the ocean. Hindu scripture. Tower 7. I don't know why they're, want they're trying to remove this for some reason. Like, it's on YouTube sites, it's pulled down. You know what that is? That's some ancient dumbass thinking. That's some executives that don't get. Show us this, motherfucker. Listen, if that doesn't get your dick hard, move to France, all right? Just go. Get the fuck out of America. If that doesn't get your dick hard, quit. Meanwhile, Japanese invented Godzilla. <laughs> that's, by the way, that's, that's a parody of a, of a really racist, nationalistic American. Comes out in 2014. That looks God so damn, that looks fucking good. good. Well, just the attitude that they have in creating that clip. When you talk, yeah. you know, you got Oppenheimer talking about the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, when he, when they Oppenheimer, for folks who don't know, is the guy who like was the, the most critical aspect. The Manhattan Project was a huge project, obviously, but the most critical aspect was Oppenheimer. And he's credited as being the guy who figured out how to make a fucking atomic bomb. Yeah, that fucking that is an incredible verse, man. I have become death, the destroyer of worlds. That yeah. is so badass, dude. That's really cool. Yeah, so that's gonna be that's gonna be intense. So Bigfoot's dead, and there you go. There's a bunch of people who say they saw they they've found Bigfoot this week. There's a new video of Bigfoot, and we won't even show it because I'm not gonna fucking insult you. The shit is ridiculous. That's not it, dude. <laughs> This is more... That ain't even Bigfoot. Bigfoot yeah, doesn't have look, titties oh, like that. Oh, oh, shit. Is this Grand Theft Auto? Oh, Bigfoot's got a mask. They, this is fucking a huge spoiler, dude. Why Stop. would you do that? Brian, that's so rude. I hope somebody actually just used the Grand Theft Auto engine to create that, and that wasn't real. No. This is the sleeping Bigfoot. And it's a female. How do they know it's totally. a female? Well, they smelled his pussy. They smelled yeah. a pussy a mile away. Bigfoot. It smelled like a tuna that got hit with a musket. Oh. 
Just fucking lying out there in the middle of the woods. Yeah, what do you think it sounds? <laughs> it must be a female. A male can't smell that fishy. What is that? This is a piece of uh, baby Bigfoot shit that they found. Yeah, that's mountain lion shit. It's got elk hair in it. Dumb cunts. I'll tell you right now. I've only been hunting for a year. I can tell you what the fuck that is. I might be wrong, by the way. <laughs> I'm very confident in what I but don't mistake that for being accurate. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, ridiculous. <laughs> well, these people are crazy as fuck. Todd Disotel, who's a professor at uh, NYU, who we had on that, that uh, podcast. If there's one thing that we answered on the uh, Joe Rogan questions everything, it's not whether or not Bigfoot is real, but it's whether or not the evidence that has been purported to be Bigfoot DNA has been acquired in the most non-contaminated way. And that answer is clearly no. This isn't, there's not a direct chain of command between finding this and like documenting the fact these guys wore rubber gloves, they had masks on, they picked this up with tweezers. When you find human DNA, it's amazing how easy it is for humans to get DNA on shit now. They can get DNA... They, if you sneeze, if you breathe, if you touch something with your sweaty skin, you get human DNA on things. It's incredible how sensitive these pieces of equipment are. So when you get some fucking piece of shit that a hunter found in the woods, it's a squatch turd. Squatch came by, shit on my elk carcass. You don't know what the fuck happened before that thing got to you. Right. And when you start testing it, it's very irresponsible scientifically. So whether or not these people are telling the truth, I believe they are. I believe they really believe that it's a Bigfoot turd. Whether or not, or hair, or whatever the fuck they claim they have, or many pieces of evidence they claim they have. The real problem is all of them have been extracted from the crime scenes unscientifically. So me, as executive producer, Duncan Trussell's co-host of Joe Rogan Questions Everything, Hello. we say, go fuck yourself. That shit ain't real, son. That's a fucking chick with a Sasquatch costume on. You say on. that. I what really do say? don't think anyone thinks it's real, though. Even the news, no. when they showed it on the news, they were like, oh, here we go again. Oh, that's <laughs> not true. I saw some dummies that were being interviewed that seemed like they really believed in it. That's so cool. There was a few dummies that really think they acted like they believed in it. I don't know the answer, man. That's what that's what I learned from the show is I just I have no fucking idea. And, I, and, and anytime I think I know something... It always turns out to be something wrong, and generally, if I let myself just be in the state of not knowing, it, things get a lot more interesting anyway. I don't know if there's a Bigfoot. There could be a Bigfoot anywhere. There could be underground. They could live in the earth like hornets in a hive. And you know what's more likely than Bigfoot? Is that little tiny person thing, that orang pen deck? Sure. That's more likely. They found these motherfuckers 14,000 years old, Joey. Three feet tall, hobbit dudes. They had spears. They might have like actually like. Uh, Where did they find them? They found them on the island of Flores. They found They're called the Homo floresiensis or something, something like that. They're, they, they were they were alive fourteen thousand years ago. That ain't shit. And they have legends about these little people who could fly, or they rode birds or something. Can you how imagine? How about those giant they fucking? Figured out how to fucking kidnap eagles. How about those giant wasps? Insane, killing people in in China. And by the way, this was like a week. After we were talking about wasps on a podcast with Josh Barnett, uh -huh. Josh Barnett's obsessed with wasps, how crazy gangster wasps are, and they could just fucking, they kill everything. They kill yeah. tarantulas. Yeah. There's videos of wasps fucking up tarantulas, because wasps can keep stinging. Have you ever been stung by a wasp? They can kill you. I've no, I haven't. But I have. The, it is awful. The ones in, you're seeing, these Chinese ones or Japanese ones, these are giant. Oh, yeah. These are enormous wasps. Their stingers are like hypodermic needles, man. Yeah. And they're just punching holes in Chinese. Well, they're the people. size of a small mouse. Look at that. It's the size of a hand. Fuck that. Crazy. Look at the size of that guy's hand or girl's hand. Gal. Should we say gal? I don't want to offend anybody. You can say lass. Lass. 
young maiden. I think it's a dude. It looks like well, a I hope, dude. I right? hope whoever they are, they're not sensitive. <laughs> 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 I'm so tired of people being so needy. Uh, can you imagine getting swarmed by one of those things? Well, they've killed 42 people by and injured 160 nice. plus in China over the past, Fuck. you know, the past few months. Fuck. Well, they don't know what's going on, but these they're fucking huge. I know man. what's going on. A portal's opened up to hell, <laughs> and those things are climbing out of it. The apocalypse is a slow-moving event. It's glacier-like. It's not like an asteroid. The apocalypse. There's no apocalypse. Listen, cocksucker, you want to smell my ass? That's the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pull my pants down. I'll unleash that in-and-out double-double in your face. Speaking of the fucking apocalypse, man, I got a fucking Ooh. Oculus Rift waiting in my house right now. Don't Just got panic. Don't get sweaty. I got to get back. You're sweaty, you man. Why are you sweaty? You're not going anywhere. You're, you're hanging out to the end of this got, podcast. Where am I going? There's people that are listening yeah, to this that depend go? on you. Yeah, Don't be so selfish. Yeah, Don't get caught up go? in the wave of selfishness that is addiction. I wasn't going to abandon... Oh, it's not addiction. It's going into an alternate universe. That's not addiction. I want to see Skyrim in 3D. Riders on the storm. Check that shit. Dun, 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 dun. Wow. Oh, my God. Fuck that. Oh, my God. Those, Those are, are like so puppies. big. <laughs> There's a photo of uh, a guy or a gal with four of these giant hornets. You really Stare. do need to know if it's like a Shaquille O'Neal-sized hand or if it's like a... Baby's hand. Yeah, small. Let's put all these Lester, hornets in our Like little Esther's hand. hands. Little Esther has some tiny little hands, Little Esther, this is a giant hornet. Riders on the storm. DC Trussell. <laughs> DC Trussell, what happened? What did I miss? You putting it in? Are you taking those babies and getting them killed by hornets in your game? You can't. There's no the game, game like in your that. mind. Not yet. If you had one though, if you had a baby that was alone in the crib, like the mom was on meth and the mom fell asleep in the game, and it's right next to the baby passed out, but a window opened up and a hornet figured out its way through. Would you allow all the hornets to come in and kill the baby just so you could see what it would be like? This is like. Uh, this, this is like. Um, was that was that movie with Harrison Ford? Total, not Total Recall. Blade Runner. These are like questions. <laughs> these are the questions you ask an android to make them start malfunctioning. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. I'm trying a to figure out. A turtle's laying on its back. Its legs are waving in the air. It can't. Move. I'm trying to figure out whether the a tortoise. What's a tortoise? It's a turtle. I'm trying to figure out whether the uncomfortable moments and the the the, 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 the <laughs> animosity that you face in your life has turned you irreversibly towards the dark side. I'm trying to figure out whether they can seduce you to the force. You're, you are saying that if I was to let hornets attack a digitized <laughs> baby, I would be evil? Well, that you would want to experience that. What, what about if you had the options between hornets and a slew of bikini pageant contest entrants blowing the kid? Let me tell you something, man. Have you ever played Fallout 3? <laughs> no. The game where you wander through the new the uh, the the apocalypse in Fallout Three, well, there's a there's a mission in Fallout Three where there's a little like commune of orphans who are living in some kind of cave. One of the missions is there. There's a there is a uh, and in part of this world there's a there's like a compound of slavers. Mm -hmm. So you can bring them people. You can sell people to slavery there. And one of the missions built into this game is you go into that fucking compound of kids kidnap one and bring it back to these slavers to do whatever the fuck they're going to do to the kid and they give you some weird special executioner's mask that gives you powers and that's encoded into the fucking game so that's what's weird about video games is there's this like uh 
people will do awful shit in video games. You would yeah. too. Oh, I fuck you would. Yeah, I would. That's why I won't do it. No, I wouldn't do that. But I probably, I probably would on you. You know, like if I had an option, you know, if you could like pick who would want, you know, you'd like if you could take like a public figure, you know, like who think of someone who really annoys you. Some I don't even don't even mention a name. Let's just take some horrible foreign dictator type character. Yes. Some Coney. Whatever happened to Coney? Boy, did there is there a fucking cause that went away any quicker than that Coney 2012 thing? It's All you got to do is whip your dick out and run around the street beating yeah. off, and then whoosh, it doesn't matter how many babies die in Africa. Everybody's like, it's this fucking this topic is over. He went to Oprah. Did he? He went to Oprah, didn't he? And he became I don't a know. Christian and shit. Well, the guy was in the middle of the fucking street beating off in San Diego. The guy who like started this organization and put the whole thing together. See if you can find that it video, Brian. It's, it's uh, whatever it's caused by. I don't give a fuck. It's there's a lot of kinds of stress in this world. <laughs> there's one type of stress. It's called fighting off the gay. DCT in the house. <laughs> what did you think when this whole thing went down? This guy got arrested and then he was beaten off in the middle of the street. See, that makes sense, right? Totally makes sense. No, I thought it was something even deeper than that, man. I thought it was some kind of attack from the guy in mind on him because he was <laughs> ripping people off. I don't know if he was for sure, but I was suspicious of him. Of course. And so I thought that it had reached this, like, psychic, uh, some kind of uh, psychic magnitude of negativity just swirled down on him and temporarily exposed him to the world. And this is somebody that maybe isn't reliable or somebody that you shouldn't be sending money to. I don't know exactly how they were using the money that they were getting but i know with a, a great many charities um legally they only have there to- he is look at him you're totally right by the way i hate to interrupt you there but you're totally right this is him walking around naked and the old man behind him they're in san diego it's all like ex-military and shit down there they're like son of a bitch i stormed the beaches of iwo jima and you fucking cocksucker running around my neighborhood showing your dick to my wife? I'll fucking kill you. But this is something... Uh, You're right, though. He, um, what is that? It's about this. It's about this? Yeah, it's South Park's song about this. Oh, South Park had a song about it? <laughs> yeah, it's called Whacking It in San Diego. By the way, have you watched this season of South Park? Brilliant shit, man. I gotta get back on the South Park horse. Yeah. I, I heard they're going after everybody. <laughs> <laughs> School that, God bless everything. them. God bless them. When you're someone like South Park that has that kind of power, the way they use it is so just. Yes. They wield the fucking Beautiful. almighty sword of of comedy. retribution, of comedy, of of uh, of ethics. They're just yeah. right. They're right so many times. I never agree, disagree with them. This Cut to amazing. them shitting on me. <laughs> Did you see the Book of Mormon? I loved it. Yeah, I saw it. I haven't it. seen it yet. It's I want to see it. It's great. I mean, I'm not into musicals, so for me to love it, it's, it shows how good it was. I hear it's, it's amazing. It's really fun. Yeah, I was I was way lit when I went to see it too. It's, it's really, it's a it's a really interesting thing that they they're so like they're they're so prolific. They do that show every week, and yeah. somehow or another they manage to find time to develop not just a musical but a really good one. Yeah, and it just makes you go, God, I'm such a lazy bitch. Ugh. <laughs> As Duncan thinks about how much time Oculus Rift is going to chew out of his life. Shit, I, that's a thing, man. That, you know, I understand the lazy bitch theory, but fuck. 
Like, what are we supposed to be doing on this planet if not burrowing into the imagination and digitally experience alternate realities for the first something that's for the first time in human history is has happened? It's a brand new experience. What am I supposed to do? Go to some fucking pool hall and bet fifteen bucks? To Joey Diaz, let him know what the fuck's wrong with what he just said. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no fucking idea because I'm looking at him. And I know he's a brilliant dude, so. You'll go home right now, and when will you be outside in daylight again? <laughs> the truth, because I know there's times years ago you disappeared. Depends on if there's daylight in the Oculus Rift land that I visit. <laughs> so if you set it up tonight, you shut your phone up, lock the door, hide the window. And hide the window. Cut to new headlines. Young gamers finding Oculus Rift makes their body produce vitamin D without the sun. Yes. Uh, exclamation point. <laughs> Triggers it actually triggers it. You don't need sunlight. Uh, listen, you first worlders are all stuck on your fucking sun and the light. When will you see the sun again? When you'll see light? It's all about Look at this guy. Yeah, that's and his omnidirectional treadmill. I gotta get one of those. Do you know who wants to fuck that guy though? What? No one. No one wants to fuck that guy. Someone wants to fuck you, Duncan. Take advantage of that. Look, see what does he have on the wall? Big girl <laughs> with giant tits that will never have sex with them voluntarily unless her rent is late. You know, man, I, I think there might be a great many people out there who aren't being fucked at this mm -hmm, moment. Why shouldn't sure. they get to run on a treadmill and experience some magical, weird realm? I think they should, but it, it, I find it shocking that the first incarnations of it involve violence and not sex. The first incarnations of no, this... No, my friend put on Oculus Rift porn. Yeah. He says that you look down and you see your dick. Yeah, but what are we looking at right here? We're looking at yeah. violence. Oh, this is the Iron Patriot. We're looking at dudes with guns. Where they're running around. They're hiding behind barrels. They're trying to snipe on people. They're Maybe being you, assholes. You, so, like, you know when you give a squeaky toy to a dog? Oh, boy, do I. And you realize that that squeak is the sound of an animal dying, and that's why they like the squeak, because that's sound, the sound of an animal. I never thought about that until right now. That's what it is. So, <laughs> so like, you know, your sweet little dog's chewing on this thing. It's squeaking just like a, an animal would if it were biting it. Well, that's what these games are for humans. They're squeak toys. They, like, let humans experience the, you know, aggressive side that exists in all people. You know, there's this thing where people are always shocked, like, to think that we're using this for violence. But it's like, look what we are. I we're think it's cathartic. Yeah, it's cathartic. I think, I think it's cathartic and it helps people, you know, uh, get out aggression or just experience, like, you know, bizarre states of being. Joey, you don't fuck with games, period. You've never fucked with games except pool when you're when you know you were at the bar when you were a young kid. I'm a uh what's I don't even know the fucking name of it, the maze and shit. If I'm the a maze? Yeah, with crossword puzzle. Pac-Man. Pac-Man. Pac Pac-Man, I'm a Pac-Man <laughs> dude. If I go if I if I Miss Pac-Man is apparently better. In Hollywood, well, the, these machines now, male feminists. what they do with these machines now, they take in all those games. They put Miss Pac-Man, Pac-Man, yes. the one with the missiles, the, the, the ones that bzz, bzz, you know, start from scratch, all that shit. I watch Pawn Stars too. I know this. Pawn Stars, I don't hmm? know. They fucking sell those games. So it's amazing. Uh, yeah. always has one. They sell it to a bar. Yeah. Oh, they have it at Death Squad. Uh, the guy that sent those uh, 4K TVs, he uh, sent us one, like a big arcade, and it has like 500 games on is it. Is that called MAME? Is that what that is? I think it's a MAME tech. Do you know that people technology. think that I'm a fucking Nazi because of that stupid uh, zombie robot? People are so stupid. There's so many people that are like looking to find some sort of crazy conspiratorial connection yes. that they've they've decided that because at Brian's studio at the Ice House, which by the way I have zero zero input in how he designs it. He just does it himself. I'm not a control freak. 
And uh, Brian has a fucking zombie that this dude. Do you remember Homeboy's name? Yeah, let me find it real quick. Um, dude's a uh, he makes those for movies. You know, like that movie Dead Snow. Did you see Dead Snow? I don't think I saw. Great that. fucking movie. Stupid as shit, but great. And it's all about zombies that were they were Nazis. And somehow or another they became zombies and got frozen up in the, the fucking South Pole or some shit. And these people are out there, they're camping out, and the, the zombies come and get them. The Nazi zombies. It's hilariously stupid. So he has one of the zombies from Dead Snow. It's a fucking movie! Okay, he's got this zombie at his studio. And I get all these messages from people that are saying, Yeah, I always knew that he had a problem with Jews. That's why he's got a zombie at his studio that has a swastika on. Joey's falling asleep. What? I'm not falling asleep. I saw you falling asleep. Joey had his eyes closed. He was like this. I'm gonna take a nap. No one's even gonna know. You wake up no one's early. Gonna be any the Joey wakes up. I like. I'll wake up and like look on Twitter, and Joey's been tweeting since 4:30 a.m. When I go to bed, we 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 change off. We we have strip. You know, you ever see that cartoon where there's a sheepdog and the coyote? Yeah. And they meet. I'm the coyote. He's the sheepdog. We meet. Morning, Frank. Morning, Sam. <laughs> and we, we, we punch him. We fucking. Punch. Uh, I was doing fine today. The whole day was going great. And I stopped at the weed store at about uh, 12.30, 12.15. In the afternoon? Yeah, just After no, you I were there last there. night? No, I wasn't there last night. The night before last you were there? No, no, Which no, no. night? You Tuesday also, you... was when I tweeted the, the thing. I went there this afternoon. I went to the one on Lancashire to lock up. Uh, they have edibles and reef. They got a lot more selection. The other place just has strong fucking weed. Right. This one has a pre-roll joints and a dynamite. And we've got edibles that are dynamite and weed that's dynamite. So I go in there this afternoon, and sure enough, the guy goes, hey, I got this new thing I want you to try. It's a fucking uh, little brownie thing. And it's just, he goes, this, these people always have solid stuff. Tell me what you think. I took a bite out of it, and I could tell it was going to be a ride. <laughs> I could tell. I <laughs> took a bite? bite out of it, like a little bite. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. And also, it's been hitting me this afternoon, but I'm all right. These crazy hippies are so inconsistent. They're so inconsistent with their product. Like, you would get a 5X yeah. cookie that's not that big a deal. Yeah. And then you get one that makes you think about everything that went wrong from ages three <laughs> to six. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you see it all play out in front of you. Man, I, I, I bought one of these chocolate bars and took a little bite of one. A tiny, tiny, tiny little bite. And <laughs> I fucking, like, within taste it. within two hours. You could taste it. Man. I'm like, it's a, it, it, was a, it was when we were having the heat wave. I'm <sighs> so paranoid that I'm like, I'm just going to go fucking jogging. I'm going to go jogging and try to sweat it out. I'm, run, I'm running by the L.A. River, look down, see some guy taking his pants off. Perfect. And, Suck his cock. What did it taste like? It tasted like <laughs> river water. tasted like God. <laughs> it's like a brownie. <laughs> I found the perfect dose for me, edible-wise. It's uh, L.A. Speedweeds gummy bears. Two gummy bears. Perfect. Right. There's a little confusion when it comes to, uh, like, the breast strips. Breast strips. Breast strips are very tricky. I never go with a full breast strip because you don't know what the fuck. Never. You, you're, it can get too scary. But the gummy bears, for some reason, seem to be pretty consistent. I think it's how they make gummy bears. I don't know, man. Who it's knows? Problem. It's problem. It's illegal. That's why we have to have this fucking conversation. Well, you, you've got to be careful because, you know, a lot of people, they go and get their prescription and then they go next door mm -hmm. and buy some marijuana brownies and they think, oh, it's just a brownie. I'll eat the whole brownie. <sighs> and then Satan is dragging them by their no, hair. No, this brownie kicked my ass a little couple minutes ago. Well, it has been fucking wrestling with me. I, was, I took one bite of it, but I knew how it was packaged, the whole thing. These are real. Yeah. I know these people. I'm like, wow, this yeah. is pretty fucking good.
Yeah, well, you know what? I think that uh, it, it is important. And people that hear this and go, guys, guys are talking too much shit about uh, weed and talking about weed, bro. It really is something that people need to hear. They really do, unfortunately. The eating of the brownie can really fucking be psychologically devastating. Yeah, or the chocolate bar or whatever the Any edibles. Thing is. Any edibles can really fuck your world up. Your world up, Jack. Yeah, you got to be really careful. Can. And sometimes, I'll tell you, even like I learned with acupuncture, I never get high before I go to acupuncture because it turns into a complete different realm. I feel, I feel every needle go into my skin. I feel every needle break the skin. I can hear it. It's like having Spider-Man sense. You can hear it. You can hear the needles. The pop? You can just feel them. The, the, the needle correspond with your skin. When I'm not uh -huh. high, I don't feel that. And, when, and that's what kills me. That's what stresses me the fuck out. Once I feel a little bit of pain from the needle, it shoots up to my brain. If I'm straight, I'm fine. But if I'm stoned, it takes that little bit of pain and does something else with it. And next thing you know, I'm having a goddamn anxiety attack. Yeah. Shit. So that's why I got to be careful with situations like that. <laughs> well, it's like I say about bombing. The, the, the best I've ever gotten out of stand-up comedy was when I bombed and realized yeah. that I need to fucking make some sort of corrections. Those, that's, that's the best improvements that I've ever gotten. Oh, it's, it's similar to the, the feeling that you get when you eat, you, you eat a brownie or whatever and you freak the fuck out. I've been reading this uh, book called The Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. Have you heard this of this book? Who's the author? Chakingi Patanjali. No. It's right. Patanjali. I didn't know. I didn't know. But they talk about how the mind, uh, how there's a term called vrittis. And vrittis is the term for a wave of thought. And so, like, your mind is basically all these waves of thought rolling through it, rolling through it. Each of those are a vritti. And those things are sort of, uh, um, you, you are created by things in the external world or other thoughts or feelings that come into your mind. So when you get super high, what's happening is you're suddenly amplifying those vrittis. You're seeing these thought patterns that normally are way under the surface. And those thought patterns are, it's usually shit you've been ignoring. Like for me, I'll start thinking about like, you know, well, like when I had cancer, that's, that would come to my mind. Like, shit, I'm probably going to die. I might die. This could kill me. Or, you know, whatever the thing is that you've been trying to ignore or forget about, it just will grab your face and push you right into it. And so the answer is to just embrace that thing. Dissolve into it. Go into it. Go into it. Fly into the... F it's like Dante's Inferno. The only way out of hell in Dante's Inferno is by going to the middle and climbing down Satan's leg. Because Dante never tried to suck Satan's dick. If you suck his dick, as he comes in your mouth, your brain explodes and you appear in the Garden of Eden with Eden. And she hasn't given the apple to the Eden. snake yet. Eden's the stripper that lived Eve, in the Garden. whatever. Whatever her name is. <laughs> that, that whore. That was Eve's, Eve's friend. It's like a Eden. tramp. <laughs> There's just some, like, dirty girl who lived there, too. They Eden, never you don't talk about her because all she did was just yeah, clean your ass. Who the fuck was Eden? She had, like, wet, warm towels. She yeah, would just wipe your yeah, ass after you shat job. in the field. Joey, stop yawning. Yeah. And Brian, stop video. Start putting a video on him. You're going to change the whole tone of this fucking show. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Jesus. Joey Diaz, what are you doing this weekend? You, you making so a movie? Yeah, He's way too high. I got till the 8th on this thing. What is this thing you're doing right now? The thing is I do. Those your, your life has changed. 
No, I always do one of these. Every yeah, but year, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah. I was at the fucking the storyteller show the other day. Your life has changed. No, brother, we that was a good fucking thing the other night, wasn't it? It was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Ari Shafir's storyteller show. Uh, this is not happening Did on ComedyCentral.com. You, you, you left. I had to leave. Radio. I had to do Kevin and Bean in the morning. I had to get out of there. But uh, the the reaction that you got when you even walked in the building. Your 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 uh, your life has changed. It was rocking over there. <laughs> you're you're living in a different problem. world than you were living in a couple of years ago. No, I'm fine. Man. I'm <laughs> still in the same fucking. world. I know you are, but it's interesting to yeah, watch, man. Very interesting to watch. It's what was the last gig we did together? Where the fuck were we? Boston, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. One of those. Yeah, Milwaukee and Boston were both insanity. Are you doing another uh, uh, those dog movies? Yeah. Which one is this one? The dog say. that saved Easter. How many times is dog gonna fucking save yeah, the world? The this is, is the fifth one. Gary Valentine <laughs> passed. Look at show Gary Valentine passed, and they brought you back. No, no, I always come back. Always but come you're back. saying that Gary Valentine. Gary passed. Valentine passed on this one. He didn't want wow. more money. I don't know what happened. Dean Kane. This is he took a little pit stop before searching for Bigfoot. Oh, this is. This is four He's got a new years. show. He's got a new show on Spike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah with yeah. my pal Todd Dishotel, they go searching for Bigfoot. Brian, what till I get you? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> the, the girl's makeup? Is that what it was? No. They dress it. you up like a girl? And you know why? Movie, why? Do you know why? Because they're scared of you, just like they do with black men. No, no, no. What, Maeda? Think about it. All the black the men, th they dress up like women? That was the third movie we did. Yeah. That's it. They never dressed me up like a woman again. Dave Chappelle had a whole uh, speech that he did on one of those talk shows about it. About, man, why is it when black man gets famous, they always try to dress him up like a girl? It's true. Eddie Murphy. Think about all the different people. Jamie Foxx. Think about all the different people that address Keenan Ivory Wayans. Think about all the different people. Big, strong black men, and it's hilarious. They dress up like women. Why, Joe Diaz? Why'd they do it to you? That was just a third. Because they've seen your dick online. That's no, what it is. They've seen the Cuban egg roll floating out there like the Death Star in deep space. What's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? We're <laughs> over here. I'm stoned to the gills. <laughs> I got Duncan to the right of me, Red Band to the left of me. You got to be over here, you know. Duncan, <laughs> when are you jumping back into the comedy world again? This Saturday, I'll be at the comedy store. Oh, good. Googly moogly. moogly. What time, cocksucker? 10 11, 10 45. Oh, original. shit. That's. There's something about that place, right? Still to this day, yes, it's exotic, exotic place. Is, isn't that where fucking Hobo made his debut? That's exactly where he made. You his know what I'm saying? Who Who's Hobo? Little Hobo. Little Hobo. Oh, the store. Yeah. What's the new Hobo like? I don't. I've I've retired Hobo. Shut the fuck up. Why would you do no. that when it's not on video? That's listen, why. Listen. To why me. does everything have listen, to be on video? Because the other people should enjoy it too. Well, you developed something that was really beautiful. It was real. Well, you know the problem. There's a technical problem, which is that it uses a Pink Floyd song, and I super doubt that if I email them, they're gonna be like, "Yeah, you could use our one of the most famous songs on earth for your comedy album." Uh, guess what? What? That's a small part of that bit. Very small. That's not even you one think... tenth of one percent of that bit. But, but that like... bit is—I don't want to say any more because I don't want it to be a spoiler. You don't need that song, dude. That's silly. But I feel, you know, like the next time I go back out in the road, I don't think I can bring Little Hobo. I talked to him, Joey Diaz. Tell him to put that fucking shit down on wax. I can't keep doing it though. I can't. You can't keep doing something. Then you don't like, have to keep doing it. You, you just have to do it and get it on DVD right. or get it on a video. They put it on the internet. For that little hobo bit to not get out there in the world is a crime against humanity. Oh, thanks, Joe. So you need you to figure that out. Nice. Thank you. You need to figure that out. You need to figure out how you're going to get that out there. Okay. Because I can't tell you how many times I fucking howled with laughter at that bit. I've seen that bit. Close to 100 times, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I mean, all the times we work together? I love doing it. It's a fucking great bit, dude. 
You need to. People need to see that. It's fun and it's so you. <laughs> it's so you. If it anybody really was is. like wondering, what kind of comedy does Duncan do? Yeah. I'd be like, you got six minutes. <laughs> Sit down and watch this. You know what's fucking cool though, man. I I can't get I I can't give too much of it away, but I am going to be puppeteering uh, a, a a puppet. I'm going to be using a puppet for this uh, show we're doing for MTV Digital that we're mm. shooting right now. It's going to be really cool. A lot of a lot of spooky uh, spooky sketches. Okay, let's get into the Duncan psyche. Let's find out what that's all about. Joey Diaz used to always say, this motherfucking Duncan's always playing around with the devil. Uh, One of these days he's going to fucking realize that devil's going to bite him right in the ball sack. It did. Did it? Did it really? Took one of my balls. No, 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 no. I I don't really. No, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. No, 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 no. You know, listen, man. There's no dark side. You can't be fucking around with the devil, Duncan Trussell. Well, that. You think you're being cute, all hee-hees and ha-has? Watching the cartoons. SpongeBob. Get that. Well, but my point is, I'm just joking around about that. But my point is, like, what is your fascination with this demonic idea? You're uh, you're drawn to that angle so often. Like, what what is it? Drawn to to what angle? Drawn to the angle of, you know, compl- obviously I don't believe that you think in these things. Like, as far as being reality, but the idea of a demonic entity, the idea of evil incarnate. I mean, you've often talked about evil as like a philosophical idea, like a location that you can get to. You know, man, I've changed a lot in my life, and there was a time when I actually did believe that there was some there there, and I still have. I, I know people who do believe. In this kind of thing, but... You know why you don't anymore? What? You know why you don't anymore? Why? Your girlfriend's 24. You think that's why I don't believe in evil anymore? <laughs> As you look at vagina, it's like drinking out of a spring when you've been trapped in the desert. You're trapped in the desert and you come down the hill and what is this? Is, is this an oasis? Is this a hallucination? And you get in that cold Colorado spring water and you just lap it up. 24 is not old, Joe. Mm. Uh, that's not what I'm saying, I'm just Brian. Kidding, that's a joke. I get it. I know it was a joke. God. I think it's more of a, um, you know, there's I, that too, I, though. You know what I like? There's I, that too. Well, I think that that's a I don't, very good point. That's not. That is not a right. huge point, Joe Diaz. I'd like to say that that is a savage. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are embarrassing me. I um, but I. I th- I like the uh, in Hinduism. I like the whole cycle of things. You Someone's have... panicking. They're going straight to the Bhagavad Gita. That's what oh, I think. Oh Jesus Christ! Here we go. <laughs> Fuck off! It's fucking Hindu time. You I assholes! Can, you can, ass! Can, Let's talk about fuck... Congress and the Diebold voting machines, I man. Can smell a fucking lottery ticket. Let me get that midnight moon. Whatever the fuck that is. Don't let me yeah, smell yeah, like that. We'll get a little blast of this. We got. We're drinking moonshine here on the <laughs> point of the episode. Duncan, I push one in front of you. Do you not drink anymore? Well, well, I'm scared. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to lose weight, so I'm not drinking alcohol. That's not going to help you. Being a pussy is not going to help you lose weight. It's the being exact opposite of what's going to help you oh lose weight. What's going to help you lose weight is being a savage. And what a savage does is occasionally they have a drink because they're a fucking man, they do whatever they want to do, and then they do squats. Well, what I want to do is not drink. Listen to me. I have kettlebells here in this building. I can help Are you, you burn throw off. One at me if I'm going to help you work out. <laughs> After this podcast is over, I'll show you a squat routine that you could do with a fucking 32 kilogram. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Great. How much proof is this? Uh, a thousand. It's like oh it's evil. God. It'll hurt your mother. Oh if you drink God. that shit, your 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 dead parents will fucking kick around their graves. Oh if you God. if you drink that shit, kids you grew up with in high school will crash into trees. <laughs> My God, this shit's fucking strong. <laughs> it's so strong, it's ridiculous. People you've never met will get drunk. <laughs> People you meet in a week 
We'll fucking pass out at work. Good? Does it taste good? It actually tastes pretty good. It's, mm. it's, it's, it's not it as strong as a regular on what you think good is. If you're talking about good Kool-Aid, no. How about do is good with ice cubes? It, what it tastes like, it's, it's not that brutal. It's interesting. They did whatever this is. Jamie, what is this? What's the name of this company? The Smoky, Old Smoky, I think it is. <clears throat> whatever, whoever these people are, they're bad motherfuckers. Yeah. They know how to make some real moonshine. Because I've had some scary moonshine that hurts. And I've had some moonshine like this. It's pretty fucking smooth while letting you know that it's fucking you up. But but the if name... you talk to somebody in Kentucky, they would be like, yeah, that's like the wine cooler of moonshines compared to them. You know, like building it in the backyard and stuff I like don't that. know, man. This stuff's pretty good. Bro, Duncan good. and I Duncan and I had some stuff in North Carolina. Remember when we ate at that slamming barbecue joint? Yes. Do you remember that? Yep. That place, was it, what was it called? Was it called? I can't remember, but it's fucking good. If you're in Raleigh, hold on a second. I need to let these motherfuckers get their props. Raleigh barbecue, BBQ. Um, we uh, we ate the pit. Was it the pit? That's exactly what it was. I thought it was. Raleigh we cool. they gave us some moonshine, some some like peach moonshine. Oh my god, it was good. God damn, it was good. First of all, the barbecue there. If you're in Raleigh, that place is sensational. Mm. Oh. It's so good. It has four stars if you go to like the reviews online, but that's just because ten percent of the people in the world have their fucking head deep in their ass. Like, in if 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 the world was just and pure, that would be a five star place, no doubt about it. And they had this insane peach moonshine, mm. and you would drink it and you go, "Whoa!" Yeah. And you also like it because you know it's illegal. You know I hate Shh. booze, right? You know I hate the taste of booze. Yeah. It's fucking delicious. This is good. That's delicious. They know what they're doing. Um, That's delicious. Real Moonshine is uh, over 100 proof, as high as 150 proof, which is about 75% alcohol. It's like so you're drinking. Basing. Yeah, you're pretty much just drinking. You're freebasing booze. Alcohol. And what is this stuff? Uh, it should say on the side of it. Does it say the proof? Yeah, it should say right on the bottle. So right if, you Can bad, you it, if you eat bad Pull pussy and you eat this and you drink this, you're saved. It'll, it'll save you. It'll, good. it'll kill good. all the HPV. Like, that'll kill all the HPV <laughs> right out of you, your fucking tonsils. You won't go on Michael Douglas. I won't be spitting fucking oh, I can't little yellow this. buttons tomorrow. Uh, do, 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 do. I can't read the proof. Where does it say it? Does it say in the front? I'm sorry. Oh. It says 50%. Is that 100 proof? Why wouldn't it just say 100 proof? Oh, it does say 100 proof. Another spot. 100 proof? Oh, yeah, it's 100 bad. proof. It's not bad? No, it's not bad. It's pretty What's good. whiskey? 90. 90 proof? Yeah. So it's just a little stronger than whiskey. That tastes delicious, though. With, now, the, with that's some ice cubes. Not really a moon cigar. Shot. Oh, yeah. With an ice cube, but a little mild cigar, guys. Another big one, a little one. Three hours to kill. Maybe something to watch in a fucking casino in Vegas while you're. You a little know, Monte Cristo? Something, yeah, a little Monte Cristo. That's perfect. The problem is, is when Jamie first originally gave it to me, I thought it, I didn't think it was that strong, so I was just drinking it like a drink. And I almost drank like a half a oh, bottle yeah, of it. Up, and that's bro. like drinking a half bottle of Jack Daniels. <clears throat> yeah, you get fucked up. <laughs> How many guys did you fuck that night? Just you. What? <laughs> oh, shit. This is jealous, Shut up. Like, like this fucking, fucking podcast sucks. 
teach me about I quit. This. this is legal to sell? Yeah, that's actually. That's legal. That. I, can go to a bar, I can go to a bar and get this yeah. shit. Yeah, this has a barcode on it. Wow. Yeah. Moon, midnight Moon. That is yeah. fucking delicious. Ice cubes. As yeah. long as they have you one of those fucking things on shit. it, that's legit. That means it's gone through the government taxes and all that shit. Man, I wonder what the fuck is going to happen to this country now that we realize that these assholes can't communicate. They can't get along so badly that they're shutting the government down. Like, they're throwing a temper tantrum, and then they're not working their way through this, and they're shutting the government down. I read this thing on Reddit that I thought was a really cool solution, which is adding to the Constitution some way to, if this happens, to uh, do re-elections for everyone. So that uh, we can just um, yeah we can we can re- wipe the slate. That's, that's a we, good idea. That's, that's incompetence. Yeah, that's clear incompetence. And apparently, if like all the states wanted to do that, there's a way to do that. There's actually a way for the states to band together so that we can do complete reelections and get get you know since it's not working, they can't do their jobs. It's not working. Let's get new people in there. But then have you seen up- Rand Paul and some other dude got taught got caught in a conversation with their mics on? About the the reactions that people are going to have to all this. No, what do they say? They're just talking about hedging their bets. They're just talking about saying all the things, the talking points, or all the things they were willing to compromise on, but the right. president wasn't. And it's really spooky stuff because it, it comes down to this gigantic system grinding to a halt because a bunch of people are in an ego battle and they're playing a game of chess. Well, it's almost like the founding fathers built into the machine a thing that I think is supposed to alert the population that. We have to do something more. I think that's what that is. I mean, yeah. I just saw, I hate saying this. I mean, I don't know why I hate saying it, but I just saw Jesse Ventura on Pierce Morgan, and he was giving this very, like, intelligent, cogent uh, description of what's happening, and he was saying we, this means that we need to have a revolution, and it doesn't have to be violent, but we do need to revolutionize the way government works because right now it's not working, and the reason it's not working is because... Um, there is a, a a percentage of people who don't believe that they should have to get that the government can impose uh, health insurance or that, that that can make people buy health insurance. You know what I think? I think the government has to adapt just like the porn industry did. The porn industry came along and the internet came along and clipped the fucking legs out of the porn industry. Is there still porn available, Brian? Yes. There is. That's right. You know why? Because they adjusted. They did what they had to do. And I think the government needs to do the same. What? The internet does not allow the government to be the same entity. Right. It's too obvious where the money comes from. We know too much about lobbyists. We know too much about the influence of corporations. We know too much about Congress. And how Congress has been influenced to the point where they're willing to actually allow corporations to vote as humans and <coughs> with their money and, yeah. and, and, and have no limits on how much they can contribute to individual candidates who will eventually serve their business needs once they get into office. It's nonsense. And we know it's nonsense now because of the internet. Just like we know that thirty nine ninety nine for a DVD with, you know, insert the blank, Tara Patrick. That's not, you don't have to do that when you can go to YouTube, YouPorn and just, it's free. Just beat off online. Yeah. And we know that now. So that, that, that kicked out the legs. Yes. Digital information, one's in, either, in a very different way. But it's the same thing. Yeah. The internet has kicked out the legs of politics and politics is holding on by a fucking claw. They're hanging on like well, that kitten in we that got, we have to hang do, in there poster. It, it's getting to the point where I, we have to do something. Like it, it, it's or, or it will happen just like the Ice Age eventually stopped or just like war eventually ends. Yeah. Just like we got out of Vietnam, just like the Civil War ended. Something will eventually break. Well, we'll get to a point where we're like enough. Yeah. Well, let's just hope. I mean, I don't uh, – by the way, lately I've just been trying to avoid the news. 
uh, which is hard when you go when you're addicted to Reddit. But I've been trying to (laughs) avoid it completely. But the um, if what they're saying, if it's if it's not just a bunch of bullshit, if what they're saying is true, then we could go into another recession because of this. This could drive us into another recession. Yeah, that's and if that's the case, then um, well, then that means that we have to get a new. There needs to be a new government because there's no reason for us to go into another recession. We're, you know, the, how many of them are there in the government? Yeah, how many? How many senators? How many congressmen? That's a really good question. How many? Is it? I don't know the exact amount. There's an exact amount. What is it? Two hundred people? Seven. Yeah, it's. And how many people are on the planet or on Earth? And how many people are in the United States? Because the shit that happens in the United States affects the entire planet. So it's like. The fact that there's, I don't know, I don't know, it's sad that I don't know the number of senators and congressmen. In the you don't president. need to. It's all but nonsense. It's, it's whatever this tiny, tiny, tiny number is compared to the, the ocean of humanity. Uh, the fact that they're creating an unnecessary situation where we could all theoretically suffer uh, shows that um, we as the people have been conditioned to believe that we're powerless. And so... That that conditioning needs to go away. And the moment it did and we organized in a nonviolent way, then they would immediately start listening to us. It's just that everyone gets so mad. Oh, the government doesn't represent the people anymore. It's like, well, that may be true, but what are we doing to organize to make it so that they start listening to us again? We need to do that. Um, yeah and no. I mean, yeah and that something's got to change. And no in that really what would be optimal is if the people that were in positions of power realized they were fucking over the world. That would be the best. If they just said, hey, guys, right. you know, we, we ate some peyote and we realized we're a bunch of cunts. Yeah. So we're willing to, like, try to figure yeah. out how to figure out a way how to reward people for the work that they've already done. Right. But yet move forward in a much more ethical way of distributing wealth. Good luck, man. These are good luck because that's are, socialism talk. You fucking commie. And these people are fucking human fossils. Look yeah. at imagine taking peyote with Boehner. Imagine like <laughs> that's the, can you imagine looking across at that guy and he's like transforming into Howdy Doody in front of you? His eyes are glowing red. No way, man. I, I don't know if it's possible. It seems like these are. Uh, earlier versions of human beings who whose entire operating system is uh, has needed an update since the seventies. There's no imagine if you're if you hadn't updated your iPhone since when iPhones came out. That's yeah. what these people are like with information. But they're way worse than iPhones. These motherfuckers. They murder. They're on a BBS board in the early nineties. Yeah. With a fourteen four modem, yeah, and the shit cuts out every five minutes. They're not, they're not on top of the ball at all. Yeah, well, it's it's the whole thing's fucking wrong, man. I really liked. Uh, I had Christopher Ryan on my podcast, and he was talking about how in indigenous cultures, the people who never are allowed to become leaders are the people who indicate that they want to be leaders. Like those are always the ones people avoid as being the leaders, and the ones who end up being leaders are the ones who know the most about certain things, like fishing or hunting. Those people are naturally followed. Right. They don't fucking throw makeup on and try to get in front of a try to hypnotize a country by saying the exact same thing everyone always says. Good evening. Yeah. My fellow Americans. President talk. That weird cadence. Why yeah. are you talking like that? What the fuck is exactly. that? We've talked about that a hundred yeah. times on this show. You and so I have had weird. this conversation. Like, yeah. if you were sitting at home with a guy and he started talking to you like that, you would stop him. You'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you trying to hypnotize me? Can you imagine if Joey Diaz was sitting across from Obama? Joey, what we're dealing with right now, bipartisan efforts have been reached. We have reached out to Republicans. They're unwilling to bargain. 
Yeah. Even like you're fucking killing me, dog. Yeah. Don't, Why are you talking to me like that? Oh yeah, and also the you're way freaking you, me the fuck out. I was born. I was North Bergen, New Jersey, 1978. Look at this picture. Look at me, motherfucker. I'm on a basketball team with a bunch of guineas, one black guy, and a Filipino. Why are you talking to me like that? It's what's happening is diffusion of. It's, <laughs> Joey's gone. You're so gone. I've no, never I'm seen you more saying, gone. I'm at watching a my boy. I'm listening over here. Listen. How high are you on a scale of one to a billion? I'm like six. <laughs> For Joey way. Diaz to be this high, man, whatever you took must have fallen out <laughs> yeah, of a spaceship. Yeah, yeah, I gotta spaceship. see what that is. I gotta see what that is. <laughs> that shit must have come out of a time machine in the future. Is. Yeah. is that dude that we met in Utah, the black hole with the bulletproof wolf that popped out? <laughs> Portal opened up and hey, the worm vomited there, out whatever you ate. The orbs, basically, basically the orbs. Yeah, man, I've, I, I've took a never, cookie to Joey Diaz's house. I've never seen you like this. But I'm I, thinking about people who smoke dope and people who don't smoke dope, and how the people who don't smoke dope worry me. Uh, yeah, because the people who don't smoke dope have just called me eight times after I told them for the last eight days that I was doing your podcast today, from one to whatever. They've continually called me today, and, and the people who don't smoke, the people who smoke dope, they don't bother me. They're right. at home. They ain't trying to fucking call me. What it's do you mean? Amazing. Peop- what do you mean, people who don't smoke? Just a friend dope. of mine that wanted to do something Friday. Oh, I see. And I said to him, "Listen, I'm gonna be busy from like one to like five, maybe six. Maybe I won't see you. Yeah. But I'll call you when I get out of there. Yeah. He's already called me three times since I've been in here. Yeah, it's Are weird. You getting mad? You getting mad? No, no, I'm not getting. I'm not what getting I mad. I just I thought I spoke to him about it. And it's just weird how people don't fucking listen. They don't listen. They don't care yeah. to listen. They don't want to listen, you know. Right. It's just, uh, it's always, uh, you know. So that's it. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. These motherfuckers don't want to listen. They don't want to fucking listen. I don't ask for much. Who does want to listen, Joey? Nobody. Me neither. I don't want to listen. That's why we did Too that. busy with my own shit. I'm trying to sort out my own shit. That's right. Don't need to listen to anybody. That's right. Duncan. Man, Trussell. when you get around somebody who's listening to you, it's the coolest feeling ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Hence, hence the 24-year-old girlfriend. is mystified. You string words Stop. together like a wizard. No. Like, buddy, you know I love you. You're a savage. You take these girls. You, I love it. You teach them. You teach You're them. You're a guru. Not, I'm, not, I'm not teaching. This, this is, she's really super smart. Oh, she smart. is. We're just Whoa. joking around. Yeah. These are jokes. Very Don't, smart. I, see, this is, is honorable because, because you like her so much. This is where you stop joking. You like halted the joke. Yeah, come on, guy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you can't even joke around about it because you actually like her. Well, it's sweet. if we were, yeah, if, it's yeah. sweet. It's sweet. Yeah. It's beautiful. I think you're supposed to do that. You are. You are. Well, it just shows that that's who you really are. You know that you're. You, you know you really like the chick. She's cool. Nothing wrong with being 24. I was 24 once. By the way, when I was 24, I was dumb as fuck. You wouldn't want to be friends with me. If I was 24 and I was in this room, you'd be like, get that dickhead out Same of with here. Me. Go. Same with me. I was so dumb. When I can, we didn't have the internet. What? We didn't have the internet. We didn't have it. Well, I I had rudimentary. We we had rudimentary internet. Please, you didn't have the real internet. Internet. You had to download JPEGs, and it would take a long <laughs> time. You just hoped that it would like click over the tits, so you could start masturbating. That's what porn used to be—is waiting for those yeah. lines of pixels to roll down the screen. Well, you know, I think that it took a long time for us to figure out what to do with it. So the early internet, like I was on the internet in 94, but I didn't learn a goddamn thing until 2003. <laughs> right. I didn't learn anything. It was all just 
talking shit and message boards and downloading porn and nonsense. And then somewhere along the line, that all got boring and I started learning shit. I think we started paying attention more things. It was also like the three years into my pot journey. I started with the weed around 2000. So that's when I started questioning a lot of different things at about 2000, delving into the internet deeper. Thank God for the internet. It's revolutionizing everything, man. Even like fucking taxis, like Uber. Oh, it's amazing. Are you fucking shitting me, man? It's the exact same price mm. as a taxi. Tell people what it is. There's a, there's a, I'm not sponsored by them at all. I just love them. I just used them. I only used them once. It was incredible. But there's a company called Uber. It's an app. And you go onto Uber, you click a button, and within, when I did it the first time, there, there's a, it's, they send like a limo to your house, and it was there in two minutes. It's the exact same price, maybe $5 more than a taxi, and it's incredible. Yeah, it's a sweet move. It's great in New York City. It's, a, it's amazing. And, yeah. and, it's, and the taxi companies in L.A. took them to court and tried to sue them so that they couldn't exist. Really? Because it's such a competition. Well, I just talked to a taxi driver all about this. Uh, and he said there's good reasons for it, too. My friend, I, I not friend, this guy I know drove for one of the Uber-type things. The, like I think it was Lyft. He got in a car accident with three other people while he was driving. And you would think like Lyft w- or, or this company would insure everything. Everybody, but no, he's getting sued by everybody in the car, mm. and his insurance isn't supposed to be covering you know when he's mm. working. And a lot of these people don't have the right insurances, so when you're in an Uber or something like that, they're not getting approved by the state. They're not getting insured. So they're, they're, it's kind of almost illegal in some ways. So what? Well, the ta- I would never do anything illegal, right, right? But the taxi drivers have now all have their own apps now. Like like the like the Yellow Cab app has it's the exact same thing Uber has now. So yeah. they're actually catching up trying to. Yeah, but shit. still, even if the Yellow Cab app works, you're still in the back of a fucking taxi. Yeah. With Uber, you're in yeah. like a super nice car, bottled water in the back. Yeah. And it's the same. Pr- the main crazy thing about it is it's like $5 more. Yeah. They can't compete. There's no way they're going to compete with that. Like once people start really finding out about it, who's going to fu- call a fucking cab? Why? Yeah, why would you? And it takes longer to get a cab. When I, when I did the Uber thing, it was there in two minutes. Like, you know when you see your dog take a shit? And instantaneously, there's a fly on the shit, and you're like, "How is that possible? Where do they come from? Uber. <laughs> Are they everywhere?" That's fucking Uber. Are they, well, like, there's so many people out there yeah. driving limos. Yeah, the, the number of people driving limos is pretty gigantic. It's amazing. Now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- think about where you're at. You're in the Los Angeles area. The amount of airplane pickups. Airport pickups. Airport pickups are what limo driving is all about. Right. I work for Fifth Avenue Limo in Boston, and ninety percent of my work was uh, airports. airports. Airport pickups. I pick people up. Driver too. Take them to New Hampshire. Take them uh, anywhere from Logan Airport, all yeah. the, like in a hundred mile spiral, you know, in any direction. Awesome. Yeah. So there's always a bunch of people waiting around. Like a lo- that's the other crazy thing about limos is those motherfuckers work insane amount of hours. Like it's not just a, a, a crazy like regular job, like twelve hours a day, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Go back home, sleep for a few hours. They'll call you in the morning. They, I worked until two o'clock in the morning. These motherfuckers were calling me at six, asking me to come back in. Wow. And I was like, you're fucking crazy. And they were like, look, you got debt, you got credit card payment problems, you got this, you got that. We'll take care of you. We'll, I'll tell you what, we got uh, a, a fucking bounty of work. And they're like, see Mikey, Mikey over here? The guy had, he had a Boston College sticker on his Cadillac. Didn't go to college. He just liked Boston College. Right? He was just a limo driver. It was kind of a sad character. This guy, just was, all he did was work. And it's like, he makes a good living, he doesn't have to bust his ass. You know, he's in here 16, 17, 18 hours a day sometimes. And he was like, that's how you do it. 
and he gets in his car and he drives off and we're like like he's got a nice apartment he's got a nice cadillac he's driving meanwhile this guy was a slave he was a slave to veal scallopini at the nice italian restaurant that he could get anytime he wants he was a slave to the fact that he had a nice apartment with a nice view he looked out his window he felt like a winner and he was a slave to his cadillac with his bc sticker on it and this fucking guy worked every day and you could do that the good thing was if you were in a hole you're in a financial hole. It was good. They paid well. You could work and you could make good living. That guy right. made more than sixty grand a year wow. driving limos. And this was back in 1990, not even, 1989. So it was a long time ago. You know Uber, what else is cool about Uber? I'm sorry, Joey. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, Uber also, you know, listen, Uber obviously is $5 more than a cab. So what that does is that only cuts everybody again. Yeah. Like that lowers the price. I mean, it's good for us, but... It's like some, well, it's good for them too. It's just bad for cabs. Busy. At yeah. least they're busy. At least they're busy. It's bad for cabs. At least they're busy. You know, yeah. at least uh, instead of you know that same ride would cost eighty five. Now with Uber, probably cost fifty five. Right? Did I tell you? Ever tell you when I drove Jeff Beck? I drove Jeff Beck. Uh, well, I, I I didn't. I don't know if I, he was in. Yeah, he was in my van, and uh, the the. Um, the manager, it was a, some. I was picking up rock stars on a regular basis, and the manager for um, Annie Lennox was there too. And we went to some hotel where we saw Annie Lennox. But I couldn't. I wanted to get Stevie Ray Vaughan. I was a big Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. Stevie Ray Vaughan refused limos, would not take limos, rode it in cabs. So all he did was ride in cabs. You have a limo waiting for Stevie Ray Vaughan. He'd be like, mm, "Thanks," and he'd be like, "Taxi." He'd put wow. his hand up, get a taxi, throw his bag in fucking the back seat, and bring his uh, guitar in there with him, and that's it. He was gone. He didn't want to ride in your limo, man. He wasn't interested. Wow. <laughs> it's really kind of interesting because they had a they had a, a limo for him at LA or at Logan Airport in Boston. He's like, yeah. Not interested. He probably liked the thick smell of soup, farts, and cologne. <laughs> well, he probably could do heroin much more comfortably in the back of a cab. Oh yeah, right. I don't know if this was the time where he was doing heroin or if he was just being authentic. Or, you know, some people just decide that, like, you got to, in order to do real art like that, like real Stevie Ray Vaughan type music, yeah. you got to be down. Got to be in the gutter. You got to be down with the people. It's not about the gutter. I mean, a cab driver's not the gutter, but a cab driver's down. That's a real dude. Right. You know, you're driving around a city and you're taking a cab and the cab is driven by a guy who lives in the city. That's a guy who's working, but he's also on the grind. That's a yeah. real dude, you know? Sure, man. I, that's one way to look at things, but every time I get in a fucking cab, I feel like somebody just <laughs> maced me with their car. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm with the fucking people. I feel like I'm in a gas chamber filled with shitty cologne. Well, it's your car's all right, man. If you're trying to get laid and you live in Revere. Not when it's mixed with garlic burps and the smell of some, <laughs> somebody's rotting... Pita. The smell of somebody's Pita. rotting prostate. <laughs> They're just they every day they just pour your car into their asshole to try to cover up this rotting stink of their intestines. Riders on the storm, dum 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 dum. Riders on the storm, dum 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 dum. <laughs> Duncan, Saturday night comedy store. Yes, Joe Diaz. Where are you going to be at? Next week, I'm with Ari Shafir at Cobb's. Suck upon it, Thursday, people. Friday, and Saturday. Suck Next upon it. Get your shit together. That's a fucking fantastic Strap show. Strap that motherfucker on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Don't fuck around. 
Joey Diaz. Ari Shafir is very funny right now, man. He's on he's on, he's on point. Yeah, no, we got this. He's it's on a good point. fucking show. This is a great show. Bro. Well, you know, everybody's been accelerating. It's been fun to watch. I'm I'm not gonna say the bit, but the bit that you and I talked about on the phone that you're doing now, I don't wanna say what it is, but it's fucking hilarious. Ah, thanks, I love man. watching everybody like hit some new levels. You know, that Liberace bit is one of the funniest bits I've seen in I'm decades. Fucking- Write new shit. I'm that, trying, man. It's that's hard. On, it you is know, hard. It's so hard to write and tuck something away and go, well, I'm going to write something around it. And you get on stage. But you know what? I'm getting into the 50-minute bit now. I'm, I'm starting to dig those long sets now. Yeah. I'm starting to realize that for years, the 15-minute fuck-around set in town was working. Now I just stay home and sleep. I just go into town a night early and do Thursday night and bring the notebook with me. And by Friday, I'm fucking loose, man. It's 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 really nice to. There's a different game, you know. It's a different game in the the yeah, hour game. Yeah, the hour yeah, game, game is different is than different. the 15. Yeah, you game. learn a lot more, man. It's uh, and the only way to do it is to do it. Mm-hmm. It's like anything else. It's yeah. to do it. You can talk about. It, you can write. I'm trying to write my hour. You're not gonna write it, bro. You gotta get up off your ass and go out and do it. I felt the difference in when I lived in New York too. It's one of the reasons why I did very few sets in New York City. I was like, this seven minute set is just not cutting it. Seven, ten, ten minutes, that's not cutting it either. Like I barely got warmed up. Right. I barely got get barely get cranking. Yeah. And when you're going on the road and you're doing these long sets, it's the difference between doing a trailer and doing a movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, the trailer, you know, you, you develop a totally different style. Yep. You have this like real quick, get to the point quickly, shock them early, be nice to them, but yeah, get your point across. Uh. Do, 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 do. Thank you, good night. And it's a sprint. It's a wild sprint. Yes. You're running up a hill. But the set, when you're doing an hour and 10, hour and 15, hour and 30, that's a different animal. That's an, an animal where you're establishing a mindset. Yeah. you got to do that all the time to do that. And that's such a jarring thing when you've been doing that, and then you come back and do a 15-minute set. It feels really so hard. fucking weird. It's less jarring, though, than the other way. The other way is way brutal. When you're going from a 15-minute set and you think you know what you're doing, yeah. and all of a sudden you have to do 45, yeah. and you get 35 minutes in, and you're like, I'm done. Yikesies. <laughs> yeah. Yikesies. I got no material left. Where are you from, sir? Ah! And the fucking panic in your eyes. Uh. And just thinking, do I have any jokes I haven't done? Is there anything I haven't done? Is there anything I'm working on that I haven't done? Scrambling through the <laughs> Rolodex of your stone brain desperately for some scrap of a joke. Well, for me back then, it was not even stoned. It was hot. It was totally straight. Right. It was totally straight brain. For the first few years, I didn't even like have a beer before I went on stage. I didn't want to have that as a crutch. I remember the first time I went on stage, I was shit in my pants. I was like, maybe I should go get a drink, calm myself down. And I was like, stupid, if you do that, you're going to need a drink every time you go on stage. Right. Just take your medicine, dummy. I remember telling myself that, and I just went out. 21 years old, take my medicine. Smart boy. Luckily. Crazy and smart at the same time. Crazy enough to know it's like a really smart kid who gets a 500 horsepower car and really shouldn't be able to drive it like you got to be careful stupid you got to know what the fuck you're doing with this thing you're gonna hit the gas and fly off a cliff riders on the storm duncan trussell looking with the fucking looking sharp with the fucking uh you've abandoned the fedora is this permanent i've abandoned can i shave your head no, no. And just leave yes. the beard like. Look at this, my friend. Look how look tremendous. At this. That's what freedom looks like. No See way, that? man. Oh, you say no way. No, say that no looks way. great, but uh, I'm, I'm in no way. I'm never shaving my fucking head, man. If That's I, it. I am happy that I made all the mistakes that I made. All the mistakes that I made made me who I am today. 
and I've made them work for me. But if I could change one thing, it would be not that I would necessarily. I, I like the fact that I, I I talk about the fact that I panicked about losing my hair, and so I got hair transplants, and I got yeah. a stupid scar on the back of my head. Yeah. But logically, the one thing that makes the least amount of sense. I should shave my fucking head when I was like twenty one. I should have said, you know what? This ain't going to last. I should have just went with it. Because this is like so comfortable. It's so like easy to do. It's so relaxing. It's a non-factor now. And I know it's still a factor for you, my friend. Here's the thing, man. Here's the real factor. You do every single thing cult leaders do. And I figure <laughs> shaving my head, I might as well go to the airport and start handing out USBs with your podcast. <clears throat> Just that- a little FYI, if I ever do start a cult, uh, I'm not interested in being a leader. No, of course okay? not. They never you're are. a leader. You're a leader. You can be lead. Tell me what to do. I'll let you go. I don't give a fuck. You sure, can be the leader. Sure. This is what they play on the documentary after the mass <laughs> suicide. <laughs> Listen, behind that comet is a spaceship it is sure. a spaceship but they won't take you unless you cut your balls off so it's up to you Just you want to live on this earth and and be in perpetual hell or do you want to cut your balls off put on the nikes get on the fucking spaceship yeah, yeah. Why god not? duncan why not take some alpha brain before you do it take six and do some take- jumping jacks the <laughs> alpha brain kettlebells shave some your kettlebells, head a hemp force uh, what is the vanilla coming out anyway? It's out. Is it out? Of yeah, we or? just I just got a new bottle of it. It's vanilla with acai uh, hemp force protein powder. It's fucking special. What's the vanilla Ooh, taste like? Ooh, delicious. It's so good. They, we nailed it. We took a long time. This is a, not a slow process. It's been really... In, first of all, Aubrey is amazing. Yes. You want to talk about a, a pure person? He's so a, cool. a, a guy with pure intentions and a hardworking dude and a smart guy. And deserves every good thing that's happened to him. He's just an amazing guy. Yeah. Like, he's a really unique individual. And you, you get it from his podcast. You get it from his... He puts down these videos. Like he, he made this one video about the psychedelic experience. I mean, he's a smart motherfucker. And I, you know, I found no weaknesses in his fence. You know, like a poke at people's fences and shit. Trying to figure out where the weakness is. He's a, he's a real deal, man. He's a young guy, too. It's very admirable watching someone like go about trying to uh, make a business and do it correctly and do it in this day and age with all the scrutiny of the Internet and all the cons just raining down shit rain on your head, just opening their asshole above your head and <laughs> just emptying their bowels of failure upon your head. <laughs> At every point, always like, and in their defense, in their defense, if you pay attention to most of human behavior, you're going to find people tend to gravitate towards the worst if they can get away with it. Mm. You know, they get away with what they can get away with. Mm. But the the beautiful thing about people who are true psychedelic explorers, and that's a fucking gross term, but I'm going to use it anyway, even though it's been co-opted. True psychedelic explorers really are trying to do the right thing at all times. And they understand that you have this beautiful way of describing this thing about acting in, in a famine state. And that it, it fucks people up because they act in this famine state. And the same amount of resources are available, but you go into a panic. Whereas someone who acts in a state of community and abundance has a much different reaction from the same amount of resources, the same circumstances, the same, completely based on the attitude. Well, yeah, and, and to get that sense of abundance, you actually have to... It's you actually have to experience that there is abundance. That's the thing. You can't fake it. You need to connect with what some people call the source or whatever you want to call it. 
But once you connect with that thing, you realize that you're going to be fine. Your body isn't going to be fine. The planet, as George Carlin says, the, the planet's fine, but humans are fucked. Well, you'll, you go into that state, you realize, well, you're not permanent, but you realize there's a much, much greater thing happening than you. And once you plug into that, it gets more difficult to get back into those ego games that are usually based on defending whatever you consider to be the most important thing in your life. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Yeah, I completely see where you're coming from. Joey Diaz, you done? You know me, Doug. I'm just waiting here for something. To, I, I need to see an opening. I need to see something to feed. You know, you guys are talking about planets. Riders on the storm. Fucking Galacticos. We're shit. talking about North Bergen, New Jersey, 1978, <laughs> slinging you know dick like a fucking like a banshee band. on a trapeze. Red band, what's going on? You With a dick like a carpet like, roll. Why are you fucking quiet, Red band. You, you're not feeding me lines. You're not upsetting me about. Joey, the, this like is you, not Joey. Red band's fault. <laughs> the micro fucking. Both you guys. You're not fucking too talking high. to me about the fucking uh, nothing. You don't get a chance to talk on this podcast. All right. <laughs> I'm over here waiting for something to drop knowledge, but nobody's giving me a fucking lob. That's no. nonsense. They're not even throwing me a fastball. They're just throwing me curves. And shit Who had the biggest dick in your high school basketball team? You show that picture. By the way, oh, jo- Joey, you do know. You were telling me about the baby no Joey Diaz has a, uh, this live podcast he does once a month, and I was on his last one, and it was probably one of the funniest one of the most funnest times I've ever had, had a in my good life. Time. You only do it once a month now? From the ice well, house? The live ones. Yeah. If I'm busy, I can't do Saturdays or one. I want. I switched up last uh, the end of September into the Saturday night or Friday night. It was great. We had a fucking blast. It really was a blast. Really was a blast because a lot of people work during the week. Right, right, right. So you right. really can't give them. So I've been trying to work it out, but this month I got busy. I can only do a Wednesday. But I'll try in November to do a Saturday night or something. You know? Yeah, I think those are they're a different dynamic. You know, I don't think it's the best way to do all of them, but it's fun to do some of them somewhere. It really is to see what you draw from the audience. Man. And that spot is a great spot oh, to do it. And you get blaze, and you, it's dark, and you go up there, and it's the perfect place and time to be funny. Yeah, it's like going to where they shot Gladiator. You got to fucking kill some motherfucker when they throw you in that stage, correct? Same Coliseum! Thing at, same thing at the Ice House and that little stage, too. Yeah. The energy is so against you. Remember, you have people to the left of you, people to the right of you, and people in fucking front of you, which you, is very rare. You have people taking your corners away, but not that wall. You can't bomb there. There's yeah. no way to run. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no way. It's just, and it's perfect. So you're up there and you're fucking, it's like that little cheetah the other night. That little stage was perfect. Even though you had people behind you. Sometimes that type of shit is good. You're forced to be real in an intimate environment like that. You only got five rows. Like cheetahs are like five, six rows. And it couldn't have been better. Like those, you know, that story that I told, that was the best I ever told it ever. And part of it is because the energy of the The room. The energy in the room. Same thing at the ice house. Yeah. With that, now... To do a podcast in the theater, that's not for me, I don't think. I think it would turn it into a, uh, a show host condition. Hey, Duncan, look, someone sent you a tweet. It says, in, look at accept deep. the inevitable. Look you at look deep beautiful. Person. Yeah. What is you it? look beautiful. It's Duncan yeah. Bald. That's really Here, good Photoshop. Here, re- I'll retweet it, Brian. And, uh, if Duncan went to back. prison tomorrow, you come out in 10 years, that's what you look like. Nobody would recognize you. Okay, I just retweeted it. Duncan hey, Put it online. Bro, you look sexy as fuck like that. Yeah, add a fucking swastika to the forehead, and that's hey. Hey. Yeah, now we're talking. Ah, you always have to go towards Jesus evil. Fucking come on, Christ. man. Swastika's not evil. What about all the Jews out there? They get there were fans. Where is your bitches? You son of a bitch. Talking about Manson. Big time pimp. 
You son there of a go. bitch. That's sexy. See, that doesn't look that bad. That looks beautiful. <laughs> Come on, Duncan. I'm like telling a... you. Yeah, that but, looks better but than but you Malin look right Khan now. But Malin Khan did not accurately depict my hydrocephalic head. That's no. a nice, smooth head. I've you got keep a warped, that. misshapen... There's, you don't even know what you're talking about. I have a fucking you... smiley scar in the back of my head. It doesn't matter. You look good, It's Duncan. the ultimate test of your ego. Your ego is trying to convince you that you look better with hair. You do not. You look different with hair. I like you do, hair. But Okay, that's great then. But I want to But you don't you, look different. Why is there a compulsion and all cult leaders to have people shave their head. This is something that really makes drives you submit. Because you can't make them shave. <laughs> He's so fucking weird. Because you can't make them shave their asshole. That's all. Nobody else is like, you got to shave your head. No one I know is like, shave your head. It'll free you. Riders on the storm. You can follow Duncan Trussell on Twitter. That's D-U-N-C-A-N-T-R-U-S-S-E-L-L. Duncan Trussell in the motherfucking house. Don't bother following him on Facebook because most of those people aren't even really Duncan. You're talking to some strange <laughs> girl. Some girl pretending to be Duncan who's in love with Duncan. There's no imposter. Joey, there's fucking plenty of imposter Duncans. They're sprouting up as we speak. How dare you lie to those people out there and not prepare them for the inevitable. Joey motherfucking Diaz. What? You can't get him on Twitter as Joey Diaz. Mad flavor. Because he is mad flavor. Mad flavor. He is, he is the only semi-white dude who's allowed to have a nom de plure. And we, is that how you say it? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Nom de plure. Thank you. It's a pseudonym, ladies Thank and gentlemen. You. Tell him, Mad flavor. Motherfucker. Next week, Mad with, flavor. Cobbs. With the flying Jew, Ari Shafir. One of the best shows you're going to see, period. You're gonna anywhere. Have a good time. Tell's up there this week. Oh, Jesus. And then we Louisa's. come in. Christina and P Boom. is there Sunday. Tommy and then Segura, we come Friday, in on Sunday fucking night. Wednesday. That's oh. how we do it. Oh. Opening up doors. Promote. Oh. We're ready. We're there, cocksucker. Oh. Bring we're the reefer, THC, the Santana albums. I don't give a fuck. Oh. We're coming in hot. Bring the we're coming in hot. Acid. <laughs> fuck it. This weekend, I'm at the Ontario Improv with the one and only Tommy motherfucking Segura, a.k.a. Tommy Buns. Buns. A.k.a. High and Tight. Buns. And he's there Friday and Saturday, and then on Sunday, it's the wonderful and luscious Tony Hinchcliffe. Tony Hinchcliffe on house. Sunday. Perhaps Joey Diaz will be stopping by this weekend, but we can't, hopefully, we can't hopefully. promise anything. Nah, hopefully, he hopefully. may, he may down. not, he may nap, to get down he, there. he may to get down there. eat two cookies and go no, deep no, into no, the no, abyss no, no, and no, come no. back with new information in a physical form. You know me, guys. Brian Redband, what's up with you? You got a Friday night at the Ice House tonight? Uh, no, I'm going to be at LA Podfest tonight uh, with Mark son. Marin and Doug Benson doing a live show. Jesus but October 31st, son. Death Squad's at American Comedy Co. Uh, for Halloween with Tony Hinchcliffe, Sam Tripley, and a lot of surprise guests. Oh, shit. And then November 20th, San Francisco Punchline. Oh, shit. San Francisco Punchline, by the way, one of the 10 greatest clubs Great in the club. history of comedy. One of the 10 greatest. San Francisco Punchline? Love it. It's right up there with me. It's right up there with the Comedy Store or the Comedy Works in, in uh, Denver. Right up there with uh, the Comedy Store in Hollywood. Those perfectly designed clubs. Punchline San Francisco is the fucking bee's knees, Duncan. Peace. Anything to add? This is a beautiful 10th podcast or 400th podcast, whatever it was. We love you. That's it. Love I fucking you. love these motherfuckers. We love know? these people. That, that, that moonshine was good. Can you appreciate all the what this is going on? Or does it seem like, to me, it seems craziness. It seems like it doesn't even make sense. None of it makes sense. It's just too many people. It's too many numbers. It's too, too nutty. I don't want to think about it. We just did Toronto. We did Toronto, me, Callan, and Tommy Segura. Might have been the fucking craziest weekend we've ever had ever. Wow. It was madness. When, when Brian Callan went on stage to, to open up the show, 
the fucking res- I, I really wish I filmed it. I fucked up and didn't film it. They went ape shit. Bananas. I mean, they went fucking ape shit. They went crazy, and then Secure came out. They went crazy. Wow. Toronto was amazing. It was amazing. It's like it's it's hard to quantify how fucking good it was. Toronto is such a cool city. It's about as cool as it gets. But this the this thing that we're doing right now, this podcast, has has changed my life, and I know it's changed your life, and I know I know it's changed sure. all of our lives. It's some crazy I shit. Nobody. But it's <laughs> we found a hole. We found a hole. Pulling people through. Fuck it. <laughs> Come on through, fucks. All right, we love the shit out of you guys, and uh, we will see you next week. We got a lot of people coming up. Um, uh, I'm in negotiations right now. Not negotiations. Conversations. Sam Harris, Maynard Keenan, Neil deGrasse Tyson. We got a lot of coming up. Greg Proops is coming up. We got um, uh, Graham Hancock is coming back. Cool. We should get Dr. Drew, man. Oh, I would love to get Dr. Drew. Uh, David Wilcox. We got a lot of people coming up. A lot of uh, interesting ones into November. Um, I booked a bunch of uh, a bunch of cool people in November as well. Um, so uh, Dave Asprey's coming back. We got a lot of people coming back. All right. Um, thank you everybody for uh, allowing us to get to this crazy number of 400. We love the fuck out of you people. We can't believe that this has gotten to where it is. We never saw it coming. Brian and I started almost 400, 400 shows ago, four, yeah. almost four years ago, um, just hanging out in my house with a, a laptop. Snowflakes. Yeah. Spinning Apple logo. Yeah, and uh, here we are, having a good time together, still, growing. And we grow from you, too. We appreciate the fuck out of you guys. And believe me, it's n- no small thing that we, we, we have a, a great sense of, of uh, not, we, we, we owe you guys. I mean, that's how I feel. We, we have a great sense of uh, attachment. There's, this is not just uh, a one-way street. And we want you to know that uh, we appreciate the fuck out of you guys. There's a massive amount of appreciation from Joey, from Ari, from Brian, from Duncan, from all of us. We love the fuck out of you people. From everybody. Tate and Eddie Bravo feels the same. We we all feel the same. And uh, thank you to all our sponsors as well. All of them, including the one that sponsored this show, LegalZoom. Use the code name Rogan, LegalZoom.com, and uh, save yourself some money. Squarespace.com. Use the code word JRE to get yourself uh, $110 awesome bonus situation type activity. And uh, on it.com, use the code name Rogan, save 10% off any and all supplements. All right. We love the fuck out of you guys. Big kiss. Howdy, Christian.